Well, I say, not today, Satan. Well, disaster like eating a burrito before sex hello and welcome to episode 72 of thsp tonight we will be reviewing two dark horror comedy flicks satanic panic and we summon the darkness in a crazy episode entitled that crazy cult episode those chicks are poison which is a not so subtle reference to bell biv devoe's hit song poison from 1990 their debut single off their debut album called well, Poison. Due to copyrights, sadly, we cannot play that song. But I suggest you Google it and play it in the background as you listen to us. But anyway, welcome to our September episode. We are so happy you could join us tonight. So, let's get this party started off on the right foot. I am joined tonight by, of course, the handsome and the talented Christopher Koenig. How are you doing tonight, my good man? I'm doing pretty well, but I have to say, handsome and talented. What I don't, uh, I don't get that kind of praise, Tim. So thank you very what, what, much. Was <laughs> it overreaching? <laughs> Probably overreaching a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, I, I'm doing pretty well. Um, kind of disappointed that summer has pretty much come to a close, and now we have fall, winter, and spring to look forward to. I'm, I don't know. I uh-huh. mean, I know. I, know. Oh, I mean, I, 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 you know what? October for me, I know. Yeah, it's ha- Halloween and everything, but. Um, when October comes around, I don't know what it is these days. I feel like that's like where it really just kind of the the seasonal fun is sort of taken out of me. I don't know what it is, but uh, oh. but uh, yeah, I guess next year I'll be I'll, summer will be along and I'll be fine. <laughs> but anyways, uh, besides all that, yes, uh, not much going on with me, but just trying to uh, get the get uh, my uh, synopsis reviews for these. Two wonderful movies we're checking out. <laughs> oh, fantastic! I love that you call them yeah. wonderful. You don't even well, know. <laughs> no, I was I was using I should have said air quotes or whatever on that, but uh, no, no, actually, I. I would, uh, but at any rate, yes, that's all that's going on with me. I don't have anything else going on, as you can tell. My life is consists of just working and then doing the show. So, oh, geez, okay. Really, I know no, no special vacations, no. Interesting things that happened in my life, just the right. usual. So, 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 Christopher, your homework between now and let's say I'm going to give you till December is to go on vacation somewhere, do something fun out of the ordinary, <laughs> and then come back and that's your homework assignment. You have to do it. <laughs> well, I will say I was on vacation a couple weeks ago, but it wasn't like I went anywhere special. I just stayed around at the house and. You know, I went to the pool and that kind of thing, but it wasn't really what you'd call like fantastic. But then did you go down the water slide. Did you do the yes, uh, lazy I river? Did, uh, yeah, I did that stuff. Oh, I'm not gonna turn that down. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like going anywhere special, you know, going out of the country or shit like that. No, I'm not, not saying like, go out of the country. Go to I wouldn't say Iowa. There's nothing really in Iowa, but like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Ohio, not Iowa. Ohio, Ohio is much better than Iowa. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> but, no, yes, that's all I have going on myself, but I'm sure you, Tim, oh. have 
well, just had an incredible this summer. Seems, this seems <laughs> extremely lopsided. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Okay, so as you mentioned, summer is over, and it was over way too quickly. We were all back to school and work, but we were able to soak up the last few moments of summer for my family and I. We took a trip to the Great Minnesota Get-Together, and if you don't know what the Great Minnesota Get-Together is, that is the Minnesota State Fair. It's probably one of the largest, I believe, in my opinion, in the country, and we had a blast. We rode rides, ate food on a stick, uh, and we saw, uh, <laughs> we saw the comedian Jim Gaffigan live at the, uh, at the main stage, and he was absolutely hilarious. Um, and then a couple of days later, we went up for a three-day weekend up to uh, Grandview Lodge, which is, in, um, which is up north from us. Um, and it was fantastic. We had a, a great time up there. The kids did banana boating, and we uh, we drank, and we had – not the kids, me and my wife. <laughs> we all had fun and ate some more food on a stick. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was great. And now we're back to the old grind. Um, but other than that, I'd like to wish my son a very happy 11th birthday. He will be turning 11 this month, which is huge because, I mean, when we did it, when we started doing the show, he was just an infant. <laughs> you remember, I don't know if you remember that, Chris. But I, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> I mean, it was it was literally like he was born in on uh, in 2011. Obviously, if you do want to do quick math here in September. So uh, yeah, other than that, I'd like to wish his actually his fifth grade uh, Woodbury Royals football team, blue football team, a very um, I would like to I'm sorry, we'd like to congratulate them on a sorry. I would also like to congratulate Nate's fifth-grade Royals uh, blue football team, which, as of this recording, which is uh, Saturday, September 10th, they are 2-0 right now. They're going for their third victory later today, so that's going to be interesting. And he's doing very well on the offense and defensive line. He's having a blast. So hopefully we'll go for a third victory tonight. Other than that, I'm sorry. So, so the football team is going to be making it to the playoffs, is what you're telling me? Well, yes and no. There's <laughs> there's eight games. Right now, we're just happy to be two and zero. Oh. We're happy to be two and zero. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's too early to talk playoffs. There's eight. There's eight games total. So let's just say we can get through these next uh, six weeks or so. <laughs> but, well, I mean, but, but I mean, they're kicking ass, right? Come yeah, on, they're kicking. Oh, they're, they're, oh, they're kicking. Oh, they're kicking major ass right now. They they they've won. 26 to 18, which is the closest game, and they won 26 to 12 the last game, or 28 to 12 last game. So they're doing well. I'm like, and these kids are all like 10 or 11, and they're and, and they're doing really really well. I mean, I, I'm really impressed with their progress from last year, and not not to go get into to all like uh, you know technical and you know semantics and all that wonderful football jargon because I know you're not, but <laughs> they're they're doing well, and I'm, I'm I'm super proud for all the kids. They're all working harder, all listening to their coaches. They're they're all. They're all just doing what they're supposed to do, and I'm super proud of all, uh, my son Nathaniel, uh, who does his kids' corner right here, and you know, and all all his teammates. They're 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 fantastic. The coaches are great. Uh, I have a great uh, you know uh, relationship with them, and so does he. And it, we're just it's just a ball. It's fun. Um, but come back next November, and or come back in a month, and we'll talk about it more. I'm you know <laughs> this is a monthly show, and it's only eight weeks. The, the season's only eight weeks, so we'll see. Um, but anyway, so I want to wish my son a happy birthday. He's turning 11 uh, soon. And my daughter, Gabby, just entered the third grade. Nate just entered fifth grade. So he's on his f- uh, fifth year – or no, he's on, his, he's on his last year of elementary school before he goes into middle school. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, and my daughter is doing well with her gymnastics and dance, te- uh, gymnastics and dance, dance team. And she'll, soon she'll be tra- traveling to the Wisconsin Dells for her dance competition next summer. Uh, sorry, she'll be traveling to the Wisconsin Dells for next uh, dance competition, and next summer we'll be traveling to Orlando for a gymnastics competition. So that's going to be super fun because guess where, guess where I'm going to be and Nate's going to be 
Universal Studios and Disney. Because <laughs> that's where we want to go. <laughs> so, the happiest place on earth. <laughs> right, right. So, so yes, we'll, we'll, watch some, we'll watch some gymnastics, and then hopefully she does well. Obviously, we, I hope she does well, and she brings home the gold or the top ribbon or whatever the, uh, the thing is. But she's doing very well, and I, I can't wait for that. And um, football season has just kicked off thir- this last Thursday, and I wish nothing as being a die as being a diehard Bears fan. I wish nothing but the best for my beloved Chicago Bears, and I wish Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears nothing but the best. Bear down, and I hope we smite those dastardly San Francisco 49ers this Sunday. <laughs> so with that, let's drop by the kids' corner. Then we'll roll that trailer for, from Satanic Panic, and we'll be right back in just a little bit with Chris Koenig's fine synopsis. Be back after this, guys. Hi, I'm Nate, and welcome to Kids Corner with my dad, Tim. Hey, that's me. Uh, Kids Corner will cover family-friendly films and TV shows. And maybe not-so-family-friendly movies. <laughs> so, listen in. Hello, THSP fans and listeners. Unfortunately, there won't be a new Kids Corner segment this month. However, we hope to return next month, where Nate and I discuss the film Aliens. And in the coming segments, we hope to discuss Stranger Things Season 4, Season Finale, and Sharknado. So stay tuned. We'll be back next month. My total earnings are an expired Applebee's coupon. A sweater that smells like racism. It's exactly your size. Oh. Deliver for meal basin. It's outside our zone. I'll do it. Are you ready to make an investment in your future? Yes. Are you ready to take back what you are owed? Yes. Are you ready to fully commit yourself to Satan? Yes. Who are you? I'm the pizza guy, a girl. Are you by any chance a virgin? That's a very personal question. She's a virgin. Whose power unlocks our true potential? Hail Satan! Do you have any idea what's happening here tonight? Hail Satan! They are summoning Baphomet, the big demon from hell. And when that clock strikes 12, he is gonna rip you open. Where's my virgin? I don't know what's happening. My mom and her butt buddies are booty calling Baphomet. And they're not going to stop until you're strapped to a barbed wire altar. That's bonkers. Any idea why the rich stay rich? And you stay screwed? Better health care. They are stronger than us. No virgin, no sacrifice. Let me protect you. Oh, who are you people? Death to the weak, wealth to the strong. You should stop drinking. You really want to face this over? Get that mean lady! I'm sorry! 
Okay, Christopher, take it away, my good man. Yes, we are talking about Satanic Panic from 2019. Directed by Chelsea Stardust, written by Grady Hendrix, and story conceived by Ted Guigian and Grady Hendrix. Uh, Satanic Panic focuses on young teen Samantha Sam Craft, played by Haley Griffith, and her very first day at work as... A pizza delivery guy. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant pizza delivery girl. Okay. I got to get it right. Anyways. Person. Person. Or person. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, Samantha was able to get the job thanks to her friend Duncan, played by A.J. Bowen, who makes no secret of having the hots for her. Uh, needless to say, Samantha's first day on the job is anything but pleasant as she continues to get ripped off after each delivery. But when an order is placed by a customer from the posh side of town known as Mill Basin, Samantha jumps at the chance to deliver the pizza in hopes of scoring a big tip. Once Samantha arrives at the mansion home of the Ross family, the order is picked up by some weird dude who doesn't say a word. And, well, wouldn't you believe it? Samantha gets stiffed again, not taking this issue lying down. She manages to enter the mansion via the backyard side door and walks into a special meeting of various wealthy neighbors led by Denicia Ross, played by Rebecca Ramjan, with the assistance of Gypsy, played by Arden Mirren, and the rather dim protege Danielle, played by Gina Marie Hughes. But this is no ordinary meeting of the rich and powerful, for Denicia is leading a coven of Satan worshippers that intend to summon the demon of Baphomet. No way! I know, mind blown. Way. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a slight problem. In order to bring Baphomet into the world, the coven needs a virgin womb. And, well, they just don't have a virgin on hand to perform the ceremony. Or do they? Wah, Why? Wah, wah. Why? It turns out by a mere convenience that Samantha is a virgin. And with that, Denicia blows some white powder on Samantha's face, which may or may not be cocaine, and she passes out. <laughs> So when Samantha comes to, she she finds herself sitting next to Samuel, played by Jerry O'Connell, who is Denicia's disgruntled husband. When he finds out that she is a virgin, Samuel tries to attempt to take Samantha's virginity, but she manages to escape his pervy clutches. Samuel attempts to shoot Samantha in order to put an end to the upcoming ceremony, but once he pulls the trigger, no bullets come out. So Samuel tries to look at the gun and accidentally shoots himself to death. And just when you think it couldn't get any more weirder or freakier or whatever, (laughs) uh, Samantha manages to run into a neighbor's house and finds Judy Ross, played by Ruby Modine, the daughter of the coven leader, uh, Denicia Ross, is about to be raped to death by a woman wearing a strap-on dildo drill. I... I wish I was making this up, folks, but I can assure you this movie exists, and this plot synopsis is very real. At any rate, Samantha helps Judy escape from being drilled to death, and as it turns out, Judy was supposed to be the virgin sacrifice. But once she found out dear old mom's plans, Judy had sex with some random dude in order not to be part of the ritual. So it's up to Samantha and Judy to avoid the coven, but that won't be so easy for Denicia knows plenty of spells to track the two girls down in order to appease Baphomet. So yes, that is uh, satanic panic. In a, in a nutshell. <laughs> I, got, I, I was... When you told me about this, you just told me the title. And I'm like, 
wow, talk about a grabber, satanic panic, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so, and then you, you saw Jerry O'Connell's attached. He's like, I'm sold. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't even know he was in this movie until, like, he showed up. And, uh, Neither did and, he. And, yeah, he... Uh, we'll get to that soon, but I gotta say, it totally looked like he was slumming in this movie. But anyways, um, <laughs> well, of course he was. It was yeah. it was an eighteen day shoot, and he was there for two. Yeah, he was there for like maybe like a, a day. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, it was. Uh, I thoroughly, uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it is a great no, but no, is it? Is no, it, yeah. yeah, it's it's it's. I would definitely say I think. Well, first off. Tim and I noticed, we talked about this. We, I think you even mentioned to me, maybe on the show or after the show, okay. when you talked about this title or at least mentioned it, Yeah. you said, I see a pattern coming up here, Chris. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and the pattern is basically, if you, if you could catch the gist in my uh, synopsis, <laughs> is rich, wealthy people performing satanic... Uh, passages so, so basically be, beware of the rich and wealthy <laughs> yeah yeah no different than from what we talked about with um ready or not ready now and hunt, not the hunt. quite similar not yeah well the hunt they weren't worshiping satan but it was definitely no. wealthy rich people going after the not so wealthy <laughs> yes and um it's a yeah, so obviously there's a pattern here. I, I I don't know if that was intentional, but you know whatever. Uh, um, no, honestly, it wasn't. This these are all my. Um, honestly, I started looking at these films during uh, COVID. So this is these were my COVID films that I were watch, was watching periodically throughout the year. So this is basically what I, I have now dubbed the new genre of uh, of horror films: the uh, <laughs> the wealthy Satanists. <laughs> that, that, you know, we're moving that, on up. So. <laughs> With the Jeffersons, um, right? But anyways, the um, I, I, it's not better than Ready or Not, but in terms of the 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 way how it's written, I think Satanic Panic is not as overly overwritten with the hipster style dialogue that you can hear in in, in those previous movies that we talked about, right. which I think is a slight step up for this movie because, you know, it gives it, it gives the, the, the opportunity for the characters to act fairly regular as opposed to like being over too over the top. Okay. Now, now with that said, once we get to the, to the coven characters, that's where they, you know, it does get over the top, but mm-hmm. at any rate, but that's uh, I, to me, in my opinion, that's to be expected. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, so yeah, I didn't dislike this. I didn't love it either, but I didn't dislike it. It yeah. was it's definitely entertaining right. for what it is. Um there are a few uh slightly confusing moments which we'll talk about when we get further further and further into the movie. But I think for the most part it is decently played out and everybody brings, you know, their their best to this. Even Jerry O'Connell, even yeah. though, you know he's slumming his way through this damn thing. <laughs> but uh, I also didn't know that this was a uh a production helmed by Fangoria. That's- Honestly, neither did I. I so, uh, really quick though, I, I saw this on uh, my my Voodoo account as a one of these weekly deals for like four ninety nine. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. So I'm reading the synopsis. And I re- I watch the trailer. I'm like, well, for five bucks, what the hell? If it sucks, it's fine. You know, no 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 harm done. But if it's yeah. enjoyable, I'm like, cool. I found a new a new movie. So I was somewhere in between the middle. <laughs> So, I, but I, um, Fangoria, I think, has done a few sporadic 
productions here and there. I mean, not not. Yeah, they're not a big production production company when it comes. Well, yeah, to I mean, movies. they're just a mag. They're they're just a magazine devoted yeah. to talking about horror movies oh, that of are course, coming yeah. up. But but I do recall them getting sort of in the horror movie game a few times. Not all the time, but maybe like like I said, very sporadic. Right. So. On the one hand, I was kind of surprised to see their, you know, their name pop up on here. But on the other hand, like as I realized, oh yeah, they they occasionally did get into they, they dabble, <laughs> they dabble, yeah, they dabbled into that. So, um, so Satanic Panic, uh, it, it opens with this sequence, uh, this POV shot in the uh, in in the the mansion of the of the of the Ross family, right? And it's basically it's technically supposed to be the mother walking up the stairs, but it's her POV camera POV. And uh, I, when when they walk in the mansion, it it does look like something out of a Hammer horror movie, <laughs> you know, with all the fancy columns and shit. But uh, she goes to upstairs and she hears her this girl saying, "Is this is this how it's supposed to be?" I'm not that impressed. And it turns out that the girl <laughs> in the group was having sex with this random dude. And right, know, yeah. And, and the surprise of that comes up later, which we'll get into. But anyways, so then the young kid tries to escape the mother's clutches and you know he falls to the ground and he screams going no no and all of a sudden it cuts to satanic panic and the movie begins and you know i will say this the style of this movie i I, I don't know maybe it's just me thinking this but right the style of this movie plays like an episode of um a tv episode of um of arrested development Uh, honestly that's actually a a, a, a nice parallel to that (laughs) i like arrested development i'm not gonna lie (laughs) no no i i like it too but i was like the the way how it's set up right right it's you know it's quirky uh, as hell yeah 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 just the way how everybody interacts with each other and the way how it's shot it's not a very flashy movie it feels feels very regular it feels very you know not there's not a lot of fancy camera work or anything in it. It's, it's, it's fair. I'm not, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, it's very standard in terms of how it's shot. Right. And that's fine. I'm, but I'm just saying that it's also very brightly lit in some parts. I mean, I totally felt like this could have played on television. I mean, if you wanted to surprise people yeah. with an Arrested Development episode, in which the, <laughs> on a very special Arrested Development, <laughs> yeah, 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 in which um, you know, th- there's a uh, a woman with a dildo drill. <laughs> <laughs> if you could get away with that on regular television, but uh, probably not. No, you couldn't. So then we're introduced to. Uh, Samantha Sam Kraft, played by Haley Griffith, who's um, she got this job as a pizza delivery girl. Um, did they? I'm trying to remember. Did they say exactly why? Like she really needed the? I mean, did she really need the money, or well, she just? No, need- she she was just she was just for personal development, I believe. She but and they never really feel they never really said how she met her, uh, the, the, her friend the. the um, the over um, who ended up being her boyfriend. They just said yeah, that, Duncan. Yeah they, yeah, they never really mentioned how they how she met Duncan. Uh, but yeah, Duncan got her the job, um, and she, and we we I think during the you know, the the course of the over the course of the film we learned that she was um, she she was a cancer survivor and she went through chemo and this was her her, her thing trying to get right back out in the world for the first for the first time trying to overcome certain fears trying to you know be a productive member of society and really quickly, uh, yada 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 she, she just wanted to live life right basically. right and i want to mention really quickly aj bowen and this who, is her first um, day on the is job is this me too. or 
Does it look like he comes off as like the modern era Kevin Pollock? Because I kept watching this and thinking of Kevin Pollock in End of Days. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the possibly, yeah. The way how he's acting in this movie, it, yeah. it sort of has Kevin Pollock's energy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was a thing, but okay, let's go with it. <laughs> but anyways, well, I mean, just 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 like, right. if you watch them both side to side. I'm just saying, like uh, again, that's. I'm sorry, folks. That's my weird humor behind some of these. <laughs> so anyway, my my apologies. <laughs> but anyways, so um, this is, yeah, you're, this is you're right. This is Samantha's first day in the job. Uh-huh. And we see her first day in the job in which she barely makes any tip money. She keeps getting screwed over. There's like a scene where she goes to this one house and it's a guy trying to move his house. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he said, and his name is Sam and her name is Samantha. Right. And he says, oh, hey, can you help? Yeah. And he says, hey, can you help me move this couch inside? And she goes, well, I'm not. Hey, your, your name is Samantha, right? Sam? Yeah. Well, my name is Sam, too. We're, it, you know, it's the rule of the Sams. We have to help each other out. <laughs> and you never heard of it? You know, blah, blah, you know. <laughs> so she does help him. And then she, the guy gives her the receipt and then closes the door and locks it. Right. Turns it off, and then there's um. It's a, it was a coupon for like a Applebee's or something. Yeah, like that, that was or... expired. <laughs> yeah, that was expired. <laughs> and then there's a scene where she goes to a like a skeezy hotel or motel, right. and there's this young girl, and she goes, <laughs> "What did she say?" She's she like, said she, something about. Uh, I, I, you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, Do you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, because I'll, I'll pay you twelve bucks for clean urine <laughs> yeah no no she said i'll pay you she said can you can do you have to go to the bathroom he goes no why and he goes well this guy in here i'm with I, she he just wants to be pissed on so if you do it for me i'll pay you 20 bucks and she goes no <laughs> and then she like visits some old lady that gives yeah, her a sweater, a sweater of, her, and, of her dead husband yeah <laughs> i think this could fit you <laughs> it smells like sadness and mothballs <laughs> So it's, it's basically she's having a really really rough first right. day, which... and, and not only that, she's got to she's got to give five bucks for the thermal bag that you know as a deposit on a thermal bag for the pizza. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> um, the boss of this place, his name is uh, Mr. Styles, played by Skia Jenkins. Um, basically, she has to give five dollars of her gas money for her Vespa <laughs> to to him because in case anything happens to the. Um, God, what was the, the, it? The thermal bags. The, the thermal, thermal bags. For the they p- use to to keep the, the pizza, pizza warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, that's like a down payment or or or, or something in escrow. <laughs> right. She's like, and, and, he, and he pins it to like the bulletin board, and he's like, it's like, but that 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 was for my for my gas money. I don't. I need gas for my yeah, vessel. Which is, which is supposed to be a plot point, believe right. it or not. Yes. And, but he says to her, "You'll get this back when the when the when the what's it called again? I'm sorry. The thermal bags. Thermal bags come back in good shape. Basically. Right. So that that's basically like you know a a a, a, a down payment on hold, right, you know, right? Exactly. Whatever. So, anyways, I, like, I, I gotta believe those thermal bags are more than five bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that too. But then, hey, who knows? Maybe Mister uh, Mister Styles is just a real cheap motherfucker, and he's just <laughs> that's true <laughs> or, too. Or he's like hiding how much it really costs. Right, so, uh, right. Anyways, um, so eventually, what happens is is that. They get a they get an order from a customer that lives up in Mill Basin, and it's like it's like a posh you know mansion right. neighborhood where all the rich people live, but it's not on their route basically. 
Or so it's, 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 it's either delivery uh, zone or dis- yeah, district. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, Samantha realizes, oh wait, perfect opportunity. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go deliver it, and she's gonna go deliver this this pizza there, and she's talking to this like, one guy. Yeah, five pizzas though. Yeah, go on. And she's talking to one of the other delivery guys. Kamal is his name, I believe. Yeah, he's he hanging tells, outside. <laughs> yeah, and he tells a story about how, wait, where are you going, Mill Basin? He goes, oh, man, man, you need to be careful out there, man. Those people are real weird. I delivered a pizza to them, and they didn't <laughs> me. So I went to the back door, and <laughs> I found all of them together, like, fucking, and, like, an orgy involving women, men, a, a turtle, or a frog, or whatever. Yeah. And I get in there, and I start getting in on it, and then suddenly everybody's, like, <laughs> clapping, and I pass the hat around, and I clocked in 35 bucks. And he, right. I love the line where he says, you go in the mill basin as a delivery boy, boy you and come you out come out as a delivery man. man. <laughs> or person. <laughs> 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 so and of course she has that look on her face like oh man what did I get myself into right so, right <laughs> so she goes out there and of course you know you see all these nice mansions and then there's like this one girl wearing this nice um, dress that little girl and she's like waving at her and mm-hmm. you know nothing nothing really odd about that at least directly I mean so <laughs> she goes to the house of the Ross residence. And she delivers the pizza, and, and the guy that opens the door is like some weird, nondescript dude that collects the pizza. With a funky then, mustache, yeah. Funky mustache. And then he just closes the door on her and doesn't even pay. Yeah. He puts zero in the tip sign, and she's like, oh. And after her day with getting the weird sweater and no tips and an expired coupon to another restaurant, she's pissed. She wants some money. Well... She's pissed and she walks away indignantly, but what happens when she gets on her Vespa? It, it won't start. So she's kind of like almost out of gas or it's, it won't start. Yeah. Either so way. basically it goes back to the $5 that she has stuck on that, um, bulletin, that board. Uh, bulletin board back at the, the pizza place. Right. <laughs> so, so now she's determined to get some money out of this damn thing. Yeah. So she sneaks over to the back side door of the backyard and she goes inside. And I love this, too. She just nonchalantly walks in, and, like, very few people standing around her notice, hey, who is this girl that doesn't even look like she's part of us just walking in here and asking one of us where the tip money is? (laughs) Because while this is going on, the person in charge of this meeting, uh, Denicia Ross, played by um, uh, Rebecca Ramjan, Ramjan, is giving some speech and Samantha is talking to this one girl, one, one lady like, Hey, do you think maybe you could like, you know, give me my tip because right. I was supposed to get, one. yeah, I, I delivered <laughs> but, five pizzas and some, you know, guy stiffed me on a tip. You know, I just want to get, get in and out of here. <laughs> but of I thing. love how nobody else notices this girl is standing there except right. this other woman. <laughs> except uh, I believe it was gypsy, right? Gypsy, no, gypsy. no, no. It was some other girl. It was some okay. like, some other girl that was talking and she's just like, what, what are you talking about? Get out of here. You're not supposed to be here. But the way it's, but again, it's like no one else is like noticing this except this other, this one woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, so while this whole exchange between the woman and Samantha's going on, Denicia, you know, pretty much announces hail Satan. And then all of a sudden everybody else is hail Satan. Right. <laughs> so she's walked into a bunch of group of Satanists. 
Ay, ay, ay. And they're going to uh, summon the demon Baphomet into the world, mm-hmm. but they need a virgin. And surprise, surprise, there's no virgin because the In one... In the room, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the one that they were going to sacrifice didn't quite work out. Well, yeah, because she and just course, recently lost her virginity, yes. Right, right, right. Well, and, and the uh, associate of this whole thing, Gypsy, played by uh, Arden Mirren, is completely pissed about this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, as fate would have it, <laughs> it turns out Samantha is a virgin, which is answered by them pretty much asking, are you a virgin? She goes, that's a personal question. Oh, and, yeah, so you are, yeah. <laughs> so you are, yeah. <laughs> and they knock her out. <laughs> and she wakes up in another room with, guess who, Tim? I don't know who. Well, come on. Oh, Gerald, about... oh, oh, yes, Ger- I'm sorry, Gerald Connell, yes, the, uh, <laughs> the, the husband of... Yeah. Uh, the, the leader of the uh, the cult, the, uh, yeah, who, who's about and, to be killed himself. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, okay. I don't know whose idea it was to get um, uh, to get him, to Jerry O'Connell, to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he gives it for like an eight minute sequence featuring him. He doesn't seem he he yeah okay yeah he is kind of sort of sleepwalking through it, but. He, the energy is still there, so I wonder. I really wonder what the thought was of getting him to be in this movie. <laughs> well, she's the hu- he's the husband of Rebecca Moran Stamos, who's I guess the star of the movie. <laughs> right, but I mean, like, what was? <laughs> he's only in like eight minutes of the movie. You would have thought maybe they would have put him in more of the movie. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's it's, it's very short lived. Yes, his his character is very short lived. But at any rate, yes. So he's and he is so bored that he he uh, he explains what they're all what what his wife and the coven members are going to do. You know, he pretty much repeats the same information. Oh yeah, they're going to bring back uh, Baphomet, and uh, you know, you have to be a virgin. And then he he asks the question, "Are you a virgin?" And she goes, "That's a personal question." <laughs> oh, so you are basically repeating a joke that was done five minutes earlier. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Jerry, Jerry O'Connell's character figures the best way to put an end to this whole thing is to try to what Tim? Uh, oh, oh, to, to make her not a virgin. Yes. By any means necessary. Which? Yeah, uh, yeah. AKA rape. <laughs> well, yes. Although he strips at least down to his underwear. His tidy whities Oh, that's yeah. that's always that's, sexy that's, for the ladies. I know. Yeah, that's, that's only as far as his. Uh, contract on this movie will go and, uh, <laughs> and he tries to he jumps on top of her and he tries to have his way with her and she like hits him on the head with something and he then pulls a gun out of nowhere and he's going to try to shoot her because it's like well you know if i just kill her there'll be no uh, there'll be no ritual practice right right and he pulls the trigger and no bullets come out it mm-hmm. just goes click click and then he turns the gun towards himself uh, never a smart move. Yeah, I know. And looks in the chamber, pulls the trigger, and shoots himself in like the neck or the sh- yeah the, the side the side of the neck. Yeah, yeah. And he falls to his death. Oh, buddy. Oh, I know. You know, it's so interesting. It's like you have the gun, but you know when you fire it, 
it kills people, but you it's turn it jammed, to yourself. So yeah, yeah I, that was... so maybe you shouldn't pull the trigger. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just gun safety 101. <laughs> yeah, and this is Jerry O'Connell silliness 101 too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he, so he falls practically to his death, and uh, Samantha flees in terror. Yes. And there's a moment where Denicia and their coven group walk in and find him dead. And she, she takes her hand and like sticks it into the gun wound and pulls out what looks to be his heart that has his soul on it. And she's going to use that to track Samantha down. Cause they need her for this, this, um, this, uh, this ritual practice. So in the meantime, Samantha runs into like a neighbor's house in this area of mill basin. And, I gotta tell you, already the scenario is so weird because mm-hmm. she she runs in and that there's this babysitter named Kristen keeping an eye on these two kids that right. are watching. They're watching some movie. Do you remember what it was oh, they were yeah. watching? I don't know some sort of horror movie that was not really good for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even she comments like, "Are you supposed to be watching that?" Right, right. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. This babysitter, she seems like all like concerned and you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she even helpful. Yes. Right. She even gives her like a glass of coke to yeah. calm down. Right, because it's got um like sugar in there to to help with her like shock, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so she's going to go into shock. So yeah. the uh one of the little rugrats takes it from her and drinks it. <laughs> and what happens, Chris? <laughs> oh yeah, one of the kid the kid just like collapses over. We don't know if the kid's dead or just knocked out. Right. But, but he I, collapses I, over. I, I love the babysitter's justification. She's like, "He's diabetic and you gave him sugar." <laughs> It's not poison. It's not you know whatever. Yeah, and then so it turns out that the babysitter is in on this whole thing. Right. And then, okay, and this is where the movie like literally like like goes off the rails. Okay. But in terms of like, but in terms of like delivering the the setup and the goods, mm-hmm. so. So Samantha runs upstairs and gets into like a little bit of a kerfuffle with the, with the, <laughs> with the uh, the babysitter Kristen. The, and the then, drill dildo, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and then stepping out of a room is uh, the sister Michelle. Yes. Who is wearing this gigantic strap-on dildo? I mean, like drill. drill. Like yeah. it's like a gigantic like, drill. Like she's It'll mining for you. diamonds. Look, she looks yeah. like she's mining diamonds. Yes. And she's wearing goggles at one point there, and she's like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> vroom, vroom. <laughs> yeah. So then, of course, uh, um, Sam pushes Kristen against Michelle, and and Kristen gets impaled by the dildo drill, and then she try and then she tries to attack. Um, Samantha with the drill still coming through, right? And it, it hits the wall and hits like an electrical box or electrical yeah, wires. Yeah, 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 a wire, and it kills them both. And then Sam goes into the room, shocking, <laughs> shocking, and finds this girl named Judy, played by um, 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 I'm sorry, I'm just losing the name here for a moment. Uh, Ruby Modine. Yes, Ruby Modine. And she she's tied up, you know, hog style, and takes this takes the the the, um, the the gag off of her, and she was like, pretty much just like, come on, help me out of here. They were gonna try to rape me and kill me with a giant chill dildo drill. No. She goes, you know, enemy of my enemies, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I I forgot that she was uh, Ruby Modine was in. Um, 
uh, Happy Death Day. Right, and the sequel, and yes. Yeah, so it was interesting to see her in this movie. <laughs> right. Um, so they, so uh, Samantha helps her out, and it turns out Judy was supposed is, is Denicia's daughter, mm-hmm. and she was supposed to be the virgin sacrifice. Right. But when she found out she was going to be the sacrifice, she decided to pretty much just like get laid quickly, mm-hmm. which explains the opening sequence of the movie. Yes. <laughs> so she could thwart her mother's plans to bring Baphomet into the <laughs> So, so, but Judy is also fully aware of the ancient ritualistic spells to try to keep the demon or keep whatever, you know, at bay. Yeah. At bay. So, like, at one point, she, like, pours, like, salt against the window. And the doors. doors. Yes. Yeah. So, in the meantime, um, Denicia takes uh, her husband's uh, heart that has a soul in it of some sort Mm -hmm. and gives it to her rather dim assistant, uh, Danielle. But the way she goes about it is really um, grotesque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She reaches he, through his neck where the where the where the bullet wound went in, and she reaches down. She goes, "Oop! Almost got it! Almost got it!" And it was kind of like a, a little cringy. I'm not gonna lie, it was a little cringy. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And but, she, then, but you see, like this, like like uh, glowing, like I guess the soul of the heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she takes and gives it to the minion, uh, her minion. So go on, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, so 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 she tells Danielle to cook it. A certain way yeah. and she does and then all of a sudden it comes out and it's like this big bloated thing mm-hmm. and it it's gonna go out she takes it and like lets it loose and it's gonna go out and find the girls See, it seems like a lot of like blood yeah. for no reason like i'm like couldn't they just look in like a crystal ball or some shit like right, that right. and at one point there's they even mentioned after the second death like couldn't we have just done boots on the ground just go door to door in their neighborhood like no like some sort of fascist like cops like no we're gonna do it this way i'm like yeah yeah and gypsy says hey fascism works <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, she says I'm not gonna go door. Yeah, I I just remember that now. Denise says I'm not gonna go outside door to door like a bunch of hippies. Yes. <laughs> and then she goes fascism works. <laughs> but yeah, let, let, let's let, let's do all these weird sacrifices to get all these like demon things to do our bidding. Which yeah, yeah, just seems like a lot of unnecessary blood and guts. <laughs> well, but it still delivers the goods. Right, in, right. In sense. So there's one moment where they use the. Um, uh, so the soul of her husband uh, becomes a what was it like a a, a Hexen cloak of right, yeah like right a, right so it, it, it so and he sniffs her shirt or something like that and he was able yeah. to f- like find her uh, he was able to find Samantha and tries to like like choke her to death there's like right. a moment where like the cloak like rolls up and like shoots in her mouth like it's trying to choke her from like a gag right and judy comes in and like pulls it out and then they throw the cloak in a there's a refrigerator a refrigerator yeah yeah right. and so yeah so apparently some sort of like yeah demon that could you know yeah that took the shape of uh yeah a pillowcase or a pillow or blanket and yeah, yeah. She, but it doesn't work yeah. so then of course uh gypsy says well i'm gonna go off and i'm gonna try to get get the girls my way and you can you know, do whatever you want. Right. So, so Denicia decides to call upon, um, cause she finds Samantha's cell phone. Mm-hmm. She decides to call upon Duncan and have him. This is part kind of confused me. She, she calls Duncan mm-hmm. and tells him to come over because she says like what, that 
uh, Samantha came by and like there was a party and right, she got... right, right. It was something about Tinder and swiping right and swiping left, and she left her phone here. And you know, why don't you come over for the party? I've got like an eight ball and all this stuff. Yeah, like he's just like, and Duncan is already like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll be yeah. over there right now. <laughs> you know? welcome, ladies, welcome to the party, <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, and then while that's going on, Gypsy is performing this ritual where she's using like a wax figurine and placing it in a. Uh, a bowl with worms and like maggots and right and so and suddenly judy becomes like like she's vomiting up worms right and, and, and she's and then she's got like like uh, needles coming through her fingernails and eyeballs yeah 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 so in order for that to stop judy tells uh samantha to write write these weird um like hieroglyphic type spells all over her body to keep that from happening and she does it and then of course um, Gypsy's plan doesn't work out. So in the meantime, Duncan shows up at the, uh, Denicia's house, and she quickly gives him some cocaine. And then, of course, suddenly um, he can't Duncan, feel his feet. <laughs> he can't feel his feet. He can't move. And all of a sudden, he starts vomiting up his gut. <laughs> yeah, which is really odd. You know, I mean, yeah, I, it feels like it should that that scene should be in like some Chinese Hong Kong. Uh, black magic movie. <laughs> no, I've never did. I've never done. Pers- I've never personally done coke, but I don't think that should do that to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it should either. I've never done it either, but I, I, I think it would make you wired, but I don't think it would make you vomit your guts up. <laughs> no, no, your intestines. Yeah, that's kind of nasty. <laughs> but the reason why she's doing this is because, she, and this is where like the ideas are kind of cool, are kind of are kind of interesting, but they don't quite pan out as much. So. You bring this guy over to have him vomit his guts out, mm-hmm. and you're going to use his guts to read where Samantha and Judy are hiding. Right, right. And it's like, you know, I think Gypsy's idea I, I think Gypsy's idea is much more correct. Why don't they just go door to door to find it? <laughs> right. Because, like, but at any rate, so, so she manages to find out where they are, but Gypsy... <laughs> Uh, someone gets overzealous and stabs uh, uh, Denicia in the head. With, with like I think a spike. Was, yeah, I think it was Gypsy, or maybe it was. No, it was. It was you no, know, it wasn't Gypsy. It was the um, the family of the the daughters that uh, got uh, recently killed by. Um, oh yeah! Oh Sam. yeah! Yeah 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 Okay okay yeah. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure their names, but yes yes yes. And <laughs> but Gypsy is like kind of like whoa, hold on there we shouldn't have done that yet because Too fast basically yeah she's like because turns out uh denise you found out where they're hiding right <laughs> so anyways they managed to find out where they're hiding and they try going in there in the house of the neighbors and it turns out that judy and samantha have left and they're running out in the woods mm-hmm. but as it turns out um uh, Denicia is not really dead. She just manages to wake up and from having a lousy headache. Yes, and she had yeah. a, a, apparently consumed some raw, like hearts or livers or something from the fridge. Conveniently, yeah, we never know. We never know what that is and how that exactly helps her. Yes. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, Can, so going on. <laughs> right. So then, Judy and uh, Samantha are out in the woods running, trying to get away, but. They don't get away because they end up getting confronted by Denicia out in out, out in the woods with her car, and mm-hmm. of course, they it turns out that uh, you know they're not going to escape, and they do get caught, 
and they're chained to the uh, sacrificial altar. Right. <laughs> and so now Denicia decides to uh, basically get rid of Gypsy by uh, having her drown in water. Right. Well, these, she isn't physically drowning in water right. in like she, a pool. Yeah, she's but, like, oh, it's okay. It almost feels like you're drowning in an ocean and your lungs are filling up with water. And, you and, suddenly, you see, and suddenly you see Gypsy vomiting water right. and like water coming out of her eyes and shit. And then, now, this is a clue here. And this is an important plot point here. They took the salt and they like create, they put a ring around the circle. Yes. And it's important and, you can't have the ring of salt. Yeah, the, because the of salt. otherwise it, 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 it allows other demonic forces to come in and, and, and interrupt the party, I guess. Right, right. So after Gypsy dies, she falls on the ground and pulls away a, an area of the salt, leaving an opening mm-hmm. that no nobody else notices. It's just a small one. Just a small one, yeah. And then they summon Baphomet, and Baphomet starts impregnating Samantha, and then her her stomach gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and then she realizes she sees the guy that stiffs her. <laughs> yeah, and she finally starts yelling at him, saying, Why couldn't you have just given me the me tip? tip. <laughs> we As her belly's her. growing, yes. <laughs> and then she suddenly has superhuman strength that she pulls the chains off and right. shoves it Right. And grabs a knife and says, it pulls it to her enlarged stomach and says, I will stab Baphomet through the head if you try hurting me. Yeah, now release Judy from her chains or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, of course, Denicia decides to go one step further and slit Judy's throat. Right. Her own daughter's throat kills her. And then, suddenly, this is where, like, the movie, like, really goes even more off the rails. Right. You're, Suddenly, you're kind of, you're, you're, don't don't worry, viewers. You're kind of confused for like a couple of minutes, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So then, all of a sudden, just when things are starting to get really hot and heavy here, all of a sudden, it like quickly cuts to Samantha lying in the backyard. Mm-hmm. All the Satanists are gone. She's lying in, on a on a on a on a chair in the backyard. And she's looking around. Oh, actually, wait. I gotta go back for a moment, though. Okay. She does eventually give birth yes. to Baphomet, but we don't ever see it. Oh no, no. What happens is, is that her special phrase, "Try to get through the day," is oh, saying yeah. two fuzzy two bunnies. bunnies." Yes, yes. So she says two fuzzy bunnies, and then all of a sudden she gives birth, literally, to two fuzzy bunnies. Right. And and then she wakes up on like a deck chair. Yeah, on a deck chair with her jacket and. and... Yeah. Yeah, and she's all dressed like nothing happened. Right. And then suddenly it's the young girl that she saw out out on the side of the road when she was arrived at the house. Swing on the swings. Yeah. And the girl, it turns out, is... A, a demon of some yeah, sort. Yeah, it's a demon by the name of Samazil. Right, right, right. Yeah, so basically Samazil is the... Um, She's higher up uh, on the food chain than than uh, Baphomet. Baphomet. Yeah, and and because the coven didn't worship uh, Samazil, and that there was that little mark opening for her to get inside, right? She's now gonna like you know k- kill all the Satanists. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's also gonna kill um, uh, uh, Samantha. Mm-hmm. And at one moment, she sees the two bunnies, and Samazil picks one of them up and just starts chewing into it for. Mm-hmm. Some bizarre reason we don't even know why. Well, apparently, Cause... apparently, what had happened is that you know she, she's talking. She's like, "Oh yes, the uh, the the, the Satanists, I, they're my playthings. They're they're gone." 
And but and she goes, well, can you let me go then? If you got all the other Satanists, can you let me go? And she's like, well, you have to ask Mr. Bunny. And Mr. Bunny says, no, you've got to die. She's like, but you know the code of the Sims, right? <laughs> As a callback from earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and she, yeah. she kind of, she goes like, you just made that up kind of thing. They go back and forth. And then, uh, then that's when she chows on the bunny and then she tells her to run. Yeah. And then it cuts back to the, the, you know, what's really going on with the Satanists. Mm-hmm. And then Samantha manages to like escape while all the Satanists start falling down and dying for, you right. know, whatever reason. And she takes the last living fuzzy bunny, which I, I don't know why she would. I mean, and that's the thing, though, too. Are the fuzzy bunnies supposed to be Baphomet or is it? I, I, I look at I look at them as her hope and maybe her like her dreams. I mean, if you're going to get all like, you know, philosophical, like because if you remember back to when uh, when she was in chemo with with her her then boyfriend. I mean, this is we're we're we're, we're doing a little deep cuts right now, but there's a, some backstory where. Uh, her, her one of her boy her boyfriend in chemotherapy uh, said, "Hey, just focus on something that you really love." And like and it, for her, it was two fuzzy bunnies. So you can get yeah. through anything, any painful time in your life, just saying, you know, focusing on this. And her thing was two fuzzy bunnies. So I'm assuming one of those bunnies is still her hopes and dreams. And because if you remember her yeah. last line of the movie, which we'll get to in just a couple of minutes, is what? <laughs> oh. Um... Because yeah, of, she's gonna, she's gonna go to uh, oh shit, what was Australia? It? It was, she's gonna go to Australia. She's gonna go to Australia. Yes. That's where her boyfriend yeah. was from, who, who passed away earlier in the movie. Yeah, um, but anyway, but I mean, like, it just kind of was confusing because it's like it, once she gave birth to those two fuzzy bunnies, it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, and 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 the the Samuel demon, uh, you know, took queer. Took, Took quick took quick care of uh, Rebecca Romaine Stamos's um, uh, uh, character by chopping her head off with the big sword, yeah. the broadsword, <laughs> and why all the other Satanists, you know, were collapsing and dying for some reason. I don't know. They don't. They never really specify why they were dying, but just the fact that they were infected with something. But yeah, and then you see Sam uh, riding her scooter, finally getting her scooter started and riding away from the mansion and. We're turning back at the pizza parlor where she promptly takes the five dollars off the board <laughs> and says, "Screw this! I'm going to Australia <laughs> <laughs> with her fuzzy little bunny." With her fuzzy little bunny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and that literally is like the end of um, Satanic Panic, and mm-hmm. I actually thought it was going to end like when she because it, it literally ends with her going and picking up the five dollars and telling her boss that she quits and she's going to go to Australia and it comes to a shot of her on her vest, but riding down the road with the fuzzy bunny underneath her jacket. And I thought something horrible was going to happen. Like, you know how they do that thing where like, just when you think there's, there's hope for somebody all of a sudden, bam, something happens. Yeah. Nope. Nothing. Nope. It doesn't happen. I I was, I was very, I was actually very surprised. You were pleasantly surprised. (laughs) I was. Well, no, because they always do that in some movie, you know, like just when you think it's going to be safe, all of a sudden, you know. But, but, you know, as, as we said a few times on the show, and, and I've said a few times on the show, is that there's no shame in being one and done. The, yeah, the story's over. Isn't. It's fine. It's good. It's done. The story's yeah. over. She survived. It's good. And, and, yeah, I agree. I'm fine with that. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the, you know, the, the movie yeah. right, right, right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it's short and sweet out in, a, in about an hour and 22 minutes, give or take, a few seconds maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, final verdict for you, Chris. Thumbs up, thumbs down. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a thumbs up. It oh. is entertaining. It yeah. is worth sitting through. Yeah. I I don't. I didn't think it was terrible or anything. I. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up. 
Yeah, I, I will give it a thumbs up as well. It's not it's not the best, and it has its issues. Um, but for me, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's a midnight like gore fest, kind of like silly, kind of like throwaway movie. But it's something that you, it's not one of those movies where you're going to remember it at least a little bit, at least for a while. It's not yeah. something you're going to forget about five minutes later, in my, I mean, at least in my opinion. So. Um, with that, I have only four fun facts for a Satanic Panic. Uh, one, the chant that the Covenant is using when attempting to hex Judy is a slight pronunciation difference aside, the charm of making from John Dor- Borman's Excalibur from 1981. So I don't know if you <laughs> watched Excalibur from 81. No, I don't think I've... I mean, I've heard of it, but the, I've never really yeah, sat through it. That's kind of... Ext- that's an extreme deep cut. But <laughs> uh, number two, Sam's red Converse shoes are a reference to Dorothy Gale's ruby slippers in The Wizard of Oz from 1939, which I think we briefly touched upon earlier. Uh, number three, the... F- it was filmed on location in Dallas, Texas, over the course of 18 days, so it was a quick shoot. Um, and finally, number four, the opening scene is a reference to the opening of John Carpenter's Halloween from 1978. The female characters are both named Judy, so there you or Judith, so there you go. Um, so, I think we can put a stake in this one and take a quick intermission, and we'll roll that trailer for We Summon the Darkness, and we'll be back uh, with another wonderful synopsis. Uh, by Chris. Back to you in under five, guys. in satanic symbols. Another gruesome ritualistic murder claimed the lives of six people last night following a heavy metal concert that local religious groups were protesting. <laughs> this is supposed to scare other people, not us. So you ready for Soldiers of Satan? All right, let's go. <laughs> Cheers to a night that we're gonna remember for years to come. Hear, here. My brothers and sisters, the evil that is heavy metal rock music is unwavering and it's goal to corrupt our children's souls. Girls, be careful now. There's a lot of evil out there. You don't think we can fend for ourselves? Boys! Do you want to have a threesome with us? How many more children must die in Satan's name? Jesus, Mary and Joseph. It is not too late. Join me in this fight. Incinerate these demons and send them back to hell. Hey, I, I know you. I'm the wrath of God. You're gone, you're gone. 
Why are the police here? Good riddance. Okay, and we're back. Take it away, my good man, Christopher Koenig. All right, the next film we are talking about is We Summon Darkness from 2019. It is directed by Mark Myers and written by Alan Trezza. Uh, we Summon the Darkness takes place in the state of Indiana in the year of 1988. Um, in our Lord. Yes, <laughs> the year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. <laughs> our Lord. Young, uh, young teen Alexis, played by Alexander Daddario, is driving down the rural road of her in her Jeep to a new... Um, oh, I'm sorry. Let me do that again. Damn it. Take <clears throat> <Wow>. two! Yep. <laughs> young teen Alexis, played by Alexander Daddario, is driving down the rural road in her Jeep to a heavy metal concert. Accompanying Alexis is her best friend Val, played by Maddie Hassan, and newly acquired associate Beverly, played by... Amy Forsyth. While Alexis is driving, news reports come in on the radio about a rash of satanic killings, which seems to disturb Beverly, while while Alexis and Val pay no mind to the news. Then, out of nowhere, a van passes by the Jeep, and one of the passengers in said van tosses out a milkshake, which splats on the Jeep windshield, almost causing Alexis to to go off the road. After cleaning off the windshield, the three girls manage to make it to the concert and see that the van is parked in the driveway. Val decides to throw a live firecracker in the van window, which goes off and scares the three dudes Ivan, played by Austin Swift, Kovacs, played by Logan Miller, and Mark, played by Kean Johnson, that inhabit it. Apologizing for their actions and trying to make up for it, the girls don't find the dynamic threesome much fun, but that all changes when weed and beer are passed around. After the concert is over... Alexis decides to invite the three dudes to her dad's mansion for some more fun. Once everybody shows up at the mansion, the group partake in much alcohol and substance abuse, not fully realizing that Alexis' father is the pastor John Henry Butler, played by Johnny Knoxville, and that something satanic might be coming their way. Yeah, that's the, uh, that actually is, like, it was actually kind of hard for me to write the plot for this, (laughs) and I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, but the the movie, it's like, the plot line is so simple. Yes. And, and even when you get to the reveal, but it's just so simple, it's hard to like get into all the details because there's not really like a ton of details. I mean that that's basically like this 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 plot synopsis is literally the first and first and ha- first act and the half of the second a- act described to you. <laughs> right. And honestly, I could tell how quickly you went through it because that's the I want to say over our almost a decade of doing synopsises, that's got to be one of the quickest ones you've ever written. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not like, saying it's the quickest. I'm saying it's one of, like, maybe top ten, top five. But, the, again, it, it's so simplistic. I mean, and it's not it's not a shot against you. Absolutely not. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. It's it's basically, it's it's ABC uh, from start to finish. And mm-hmm. But in there, the simplicity of it all, it, to my, in my opinion, makes it kind of delicious because there is a few swerves and different kind of things where you don't yeah. know where it's going to go. And I, and I thoroughly enjoyed it for, for what it was. Right. Worth. Right. Now it, let, 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 let this be a quick warning to our audience because you know, we, 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 
our job is to review movies and or horror movies, and we go into the nuts and bolts of them when we go through basically from scene A to scene, you know, Z. Z. And that basically means the entire movie. So if you yeah. have not seen, you know, I'm certain you, our fans, are familiar with this, but still, if you are not familiar with our, our ethic, you know, stop right now, but we'll be doing We some are spoiler, spoiler heavy yeah, we'll all doing, the time. Yeah, I know, yeah, but sometimes I feel like we never really make that clear to any newcomers. That's but just, true. But if you've got, already gotten past our Satanic Panic episode, where we pretty much went through the whole <laughs> entire story there, that's what's going to happen here. But, I mean, the point, re- the, the reason why I, I, I'm saying this is because, like I said, the plot synopsis that I read for We Summon the Darkness is literally, like, there's more to it than what I just described. Oh, of course, described of course. So. I mean, we're we're gonna definitely we, you, we, you in the synopsis you give a brief description, and then we go into and we kind of dig it through with a fine tooth comb and a right. fork and a knife and you know a spoon, you know, basically the entire kitchen. Um, but here, <laughs> I think Chris, at the at, for the rest of our episodes, I will put at the very beginning, spoiler. Every episode spoiler heavy. Basically, I'm, I put yeah. some sort of warning out there. I'm like, right. if you've been following the show long enough. You know, but like you said, yes. If we if we pick up new listeners, you know, some stragglers along but the way. But it should be a gimmick. It should be like it should be like um, we're just spitballing here real quick before we dive into the meat and potatoes of this movie. But um, it, it would be very interesting if if it had a gimmick where it was like if you hear the sound of a balloon, if, if you hear the sound <laughs> of, 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 of a horn. Like, or, you know, or whatever. Nooga. Yeah, yeah. Nooga. That means that we will be talking, we will be doing a spoiler heavy uh, r- review here. And then, That's, you know, something like. You get an Oogle horn every episode? Right, right, right. And then, like, whenever we talk about a death sequence, that's like a surprise, you know, or, or even like, and then we have a nude scene here. Honk! You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> like, those every- are some quite, those are quite, some quite knock, those are great knockers. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yes, that would be very interesting if we can do that. But oh. anyway, at any rate. Well, Chris, that's all on you. Uh, that's a lot of editing for me. <laughs> but at any rate, yes, uh, we summon the darkness. Now, Tim had mentioned to me that. As opposed to the other film we did, Satanic Panic, which is – it's a horror movie, but it's that, that movie was also like an outright Co- like a horror comedy. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A, a tongue firmly planted in cheek, yes. Yes, whereas this one, it's much more serious, mm-hmm. but there is a humorous underpinning in some some moments here and there. Well, Partic- well the blonde with the weak bladder, that, was, that made yeah, me yeah, giggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to yeah, pee. I, you just peed an yeah. hour ago. <laughs> right, right, right. So I mean, like, it's not like there's a funny moment in every moment yeah. in every scene, but it's right. like, but still, it's like there are some like minor humorous parts scattered about. Right, but and, and for I, the most and, part, oh, we some of the darkness is pretty like straightforward and serious. Right. And while while Satanic Panic is yeah more more comedy over the top blood and gore, this one is actually very subdued in the gore. I feel mm-hmm. like they they didn't go with buckets of blood. Yes, there is blood there. Yes, there is yeah. killings. Obviously, because it's a horror movie, but it's more subdued in its actual like buckets of blood. Basically, yeah, like. Like there's no ridiculous decapitation sequences oh, yeah. or anything. I mean, it feels like, like, I, I, I hasten to use the word realistic, but if something like this did happen, yes. I can, oh yeah, I can only concur that these types of deaths that occur in here well, could happen. Well, honestly, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because as a young lad growing up in the '80s, I won't tell you how old I am because if you're a follower of this podcast, you know exactly how old I am, <laughs> or rough roundabouts. But I do, I, I do remember being being a, a, a child and having the TV on and what and seeing bits and snippets, remembering snippets of newscasts where there's like. 
like where they would talk about like these satanic like uh, cult or cults or whatever it is in yeah. the news, like really kind of I wouldn't say glorifying it, but like talk, reporting it and saying, you know, yeah, they, they think this new video game, they think this new movie, they think this new music is 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 bad for children because it, it leads them to satanic worship and you know the cult and you know murders and suicide and all yeah. all the wonderful horrible crap that you know people love to glom onto uh for mm-hmm. uh sake of uh media and entertainment purposes but i, right. I digress <laughs> continuing on but yes I, I i did enjoy this movie i thought it was pretty good in terms of how it was set up and mm-hmm. And some of the stuff they didn't hear that was a complete 180 from what I expected, and we'll get into that, because mm-hmm. there were moments where I said, like, truthfully, I think if you look at the title of this movie, you kind of figure out what it's going to be about. At least at least, you have a vague idea of what it's going to be about. And then because of that, predictability sets in for yourself, and you begin to like say, okay, it's going to go in this direction. But then the movie has these moments that it does a complete 180 where it doesn't go in the direction that you think it goes, mm-hmm. which, which, which I'll mention some of those when we get to it, but mm-hmm. which is so, but that's the one thing I, I did like about this movie is that it was fairly unpredictable in its setup. And the one thing though, that I will say does disappoint me, but it's kind of a minor quibble, but even though, uh, well, the ending is kind of disappointing, but like I said, we'll get into that. Okay. But but that aside, I thought this movie was pretty good in terms of what it was trying to do and right. was trying to convey. And, and, here, and my thing is here, I felt um, for the victims of all the three the three uh, three 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 men. Yeah. Um, because usually it's the other way around. Usually it's and obviously this is spoiler heavy. And we're not and we're not we've already mentioned that. These guys, it's usually guys attacking women. Here, we, they kind of flipped the script on this one. Yeah, and I was I was very yeah. surprised by right. that. I was and like, here, oh, and wow. Here, and here's the thing: is while the three gentlemen in the van, that's how, that's how we were introduced to them, they threw the milkshake out the window. And yeah, they, was that a dick move? Of course. Yeah, that was that was probably not the best thing they could have probably done with you know their time. However, these guys, in my opinion. Were pretty okay. I mean, I, I I felt for each of them. I, I didn't I didn't hate them. Basically, when you look at a horror movie, in my opinion, like oh well, he's fodder, she's fodder. You know, like I, yeah. I, I don't I don't care about their death. I mean, you know, the sooner they die, the sooner we get the reveal of the killer or we get the move the move the story along. I really felt bad for these three. These yeah, three, these three I mean, guys. like on the one hand, when you watch it, like when you watch their introduction, you do feel like they could be fodder. Like all the, you do feel like all these characters could be fodder. Right. But then. Once when it gets to like the second act of the movie, and 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 the main and, and the male characters become these victims, you know you do you begin to like you said you do begin to feel bad for them because their characters seem to have a purpose rather than just being fodder. I mean like they they seem like relatively decent individuals. I mean yeah, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them future college graduates, no, but they but but I would definitely say they seem like decent enough individuals that don't deserve the fate that they get. <laughs> of course not. I'm like, are they going to be CEOs of, of their own companies? Probably not. Well, maybe. maybe. I mean, de- hey, I mean, hey. depending, <laughs> weirder things have happened. But... Hey, 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 
I'm 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 saying you know the guy, one guy was going to go out to California and try to make it as a musician. The other guy was a drummer. The other guy was just he wanted to keep the band together. The middle guy, I forget his name, with the with the mustache. He more, he looked like Farva from uh, Super Troopers. <laughs> um, if you if you remember Super Troopers from a few oh, years yeah, ago, I think you're talking about. Um, I think Ivan is his name. The big yeah, the big dude, the, the, yeah, the bigger dude, yeah. Um, and you know, unfortunately, he meets an early demise within the film. Uh, and I, uh, to me, it's like these guys didn't deserve what they what they got. Uh, you know, these guys were going to be future mechanics, plumbers, electricians, and there's nothing wrong with those things at all. Like what I'm saying is, these guys didn't deserve what they got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and and they seemed like pretty. You know, as as the story moves along, like pretty decent people. I mean, like they're not like they weren't out. They weren't out. They weren't predators. Basically, they weren't. Yeah. They, they were just trying but... a good time. But the setup makes them totally come off like they could be because oh, yeah. of the way how they're acting and well, and their slight immaturity and but, all that. But you know, but what? then the girl characters act that way too in this movie. Yes, so. but they're a wolf. They're a wolf in sheep's clothing, and these guys are just—they're out to have a good time. They're basically, yeah, they like satanic or death metal music, whatever. I mean, that doesn't disqualify you from being a good person or whatever it is, but because we all, because there's people who like country music. I personally can't stand country music, <laughs> but what, my, my point is that the, the, these guys weren't bad people. These guys weren't slaughtering dogs and, you know, killing animals and, you know, yeah. worshiping Satan. No, they were just out to have a good time. They were basically, they were like the, there was a reference where they said, uh, oh, so you're kind of like the Grateful Dead. Yeah, except we don't eat granola and we don't, you know, do all that kind of hippie shit, you know, <laughs> which they kind of do because they drink beer and smoke weed. So <laughs> other than the granola, you're, I'm sorry, you're a Grateful Dead. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, getting back to, so we so we want to start it start uh, where yeah, we let's so, start at the beginning. <laughs> so the movie it, it basically, as I said in my plot synopsis, it, it opens in the year of 1988, um, and we're introduced to Alexis, played by Alexander Daddario, and she's sort of like, I guess you can say the leader of this friends group that she right. has, which um, her other close friend is named Val, played by Maddie Hassan, and then they have their newly acquired friend Beverly played by Amy Forsyth and now again not the most run out characters at first but because you, you know you can pretty much figure out when you're watching this opening sequence who is what um Alexis is the one in charge she's mm-hmm. the one Val is the ditzy blonde type um who hasn't showered in three days yeah hasn't showered <laughs> in three days and then she as we find out, she has a weak bladder, <laughs> and the moments when her bladder decides to act up are completely ridiculous. Yeah. But anyways, and she um, lo- and her and her love for Aquanet hairspray, which co- yeah, comes into yeah. play later. <laughs> right, right, right. And then there's uh, Beverly, who's the new, the, you know, the new the newbie the friend, yeah. Yeah, the newbie, kind of quiet, shy, not that outgoing, but uh, she's trying to like blend in with the, with her newfound friends. Mm-hmm. So we're introduced to them and they're driving in this Jeep down the, the, the lonely roads of uh, Indiana and going uh, to a rock show. Very Americana. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very Ameri- yeah of, of that time too, considering how, uh, you know, heavy metal and rock were like kind of on the rise during that period mm-hmm. and pretty much reaching its Zenith by the late eighties, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and, I love it too. Inside their car, they like have all those '80s makeup magazines scattered on the uh, on the dashboard. <laughs> Twinkies and pop. Twinkies, and, yeah, know. yeah. I mean, it it goes for. I gotta say, it goes for the obvious. You know, even though 
every, it totally feels like based off the makeup and the hair and everything, it is the eighties. It's like, it's got to go that one, <clears throat> one step further to make sure you see the Twinkies box. And of the... <laughs> course, of course it's product placement, baby. Come on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But anyways, so now there's a moment where, um, they're listening to the radio and there's a news announcement coming on about, uh, there was a recent rash of satanic killings that have been going on. And, uh, Beverly is sort of, like, sort of like interested in knowing about this, whereas the two girls are kind of like, turn that off, we don't want to hear it, blah blah blah. <clears throat> and then they stop at a gas station. Now this is a moment in the movie where I was taught, as I mentioned before, about how it does yes. like weird one eighty degree turns. Which I completely agree with you, sir. <clears throat> by the way. So in these types of movies, okay, um, let, let's let me set this up for you. So we see the gas station attendant, who's played by this middle aged, you know crusty dude who's sitting okay well hold up back up middle-aged crusty dude well he's not older crusty dude come on i'm middle-aged come on i'm not crusty well he's not like old man in his 80s this dude had to have been in like maybe his 50s okay so well but at any rate he's sitting behind his uh convenience store counter of the gas station he's got his tv on he's watching um, good reverend the good reverend talking about uh you know defeating satanists and all this shit um, and he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and he shakes his head like, yep, you're absolutely right. From yep. your mouth, God's ears. Yeah. And, you got my chewing tobacco. <laughs> yep. Well, he doesn't go that. They don't, go I, 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 they, they don't do, they don't make him that much of a caricature, but yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 But at, at any rate, so then the three girls who are wearing their, you know, they're all decked out in their eighties wardrobe. And, uh, some of them also kind of have the slight, uh, you know, rock goth thing going on. Mm-hmm. Not completely, but in some parts. Um, and they're getting there, like, getting food for themselves and, 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 you know, soda and that kind of thing. And they go up to the counter and they pay for it. Now, normally in these types of films, you have the crusty gas station owner look at them, make a judgment call. You know, say horrible things about the characters, and you're you know, all that. doomed. And, or warn them about you know their fate coming up to them, which is <laughs> you're doomed, you're doomed. You know, you're gonna die. Basically, yeah, yeah. the one character. You're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, the one character in the in the opening of a movie that doesn't even like pertain to the plot is already <laughs> revealing the plot, saying that you're gonna die. So you duh, got, thank you. So you got 70 more minutes to watch these characters get killed. Yes. In gruesome <laughs> and magnificent ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's sort of like the movie uh, Fred Olin Ray's Scalps, in which it actually shows clips of the characters. There's a scene in Scalps where this this Indian character tells these teenagers that they're gonna, they shouldn't go to this ancient Indian burial ground. And then while he's telling the story, it's intercut with clips, like, you know, like quick, <laughs> quick shots of all the main characters. Going to the Indian burial ground? No, yeah. Not just that, but actually getting killed. Like, <laughs> like, like the one character in this in the movie that's going to get scalped. We see them get scalped before we actually see them getting scalped. So it gives away the movie. Well, <laughs> so I mean, like you would think that in this case, but actually, what it does is a complete 180. The guy takes their money, gives them their change, and then he tells them very nicely. You know, be, be careful, careful out, th- careful out there. You don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean. Basically, being a very nice guy, mm-hmm. you know, he may not agree with how they dress or anything, but he's being a nice guy, telling them you got to be very careful out there because you never know. And of course, the girls scoff at this whole thing. Although Beverly looks like she's a little like 
concerned about that, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, they, you know, they, so that's what I mean when I say this movie does some very interesting 180s. It doesn't quite go down the stereotypical, you know, like cliche ridden horror movie trope, right. you know. So, and then they drive off in their Jeep, and they're, as they're driving, a van is behind them and tries to, like, pull. You think the van's going to pull aside them. You, you mm-hmm. add, again, another moment in this movie. You think this van is, like, 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 what's inside the van is going to be the ominous thing that's going to happen to these girls. Mm-hmm. And, and instead, all of a sudden, this like weird brown stuff splats on front of the, in front of the windshield of the Jeep. And then <laughs> Alexa almost like pulls over the, almost crashes the Jeep. And then she pulls the side of the road and then the van drives away, you know, and then they realize because they think it's like some disgusting shit. And it yeah. turns out it's chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then, one of the one of the humorous moments is when Val, after having to use the washroom in the um, at the gas station, five minutes has, prior, has to take a piss again. So she goes all the way across the <laughs> small street and squats on the side. Right, and even Alex is like, again, really, Beverly, again, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. She goes, or Val, 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 Val. I can't help it. I've got a weak bladder. She just keeps repeating that over and over. And honestly, I thought that was going to go somewhere later on in the movie, and it never does. Like, yeah, I thought that too. But you know, it, it it's all right. I mean, it you know what? It it serves its purpose. There's a scene later on in the movie. It's where, quirky. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene later on in the movie where she has to go again, and the way how they 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 show it is like. It's not disgusting, but it's completely ridiculous in how it's presented, even though that's how it would actually be, probably. But uh, yeah. we'll get to that when we get to it. But anyways, so they get back into their Jeep and they head over to the rock, the rock uh, concert, the rock concert. Yeah. And then what is parked in the, uh, the driveway next to them? Well, Christopher, it's that very same van that threw that chocolate milkshake out the window. Right now, normally... Maybe you should walk up to the door and say, hey, man, you know, you shouldn't be an asshole and throw out the chocolate shake. But these girls decide to be just a tad more vindictive. And what what does Val decide to do? Well, Val, ta- ta- Val takes a couple of uh, firecrackers and lights them and throws them through the open, open passenger window to say, let's fuck with these guys. So pop, 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 pop. These guys come out and of the side of Van Door and a big plume of, let's just say... Party smoke <laughs> comes out. <laughs> the ganja comes out. It's a wacky tobacco, no, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know it's a rock concert. You know, so uh, yeah, the the, the uh, jazz cabbage uh, fumes up, <laughs> and out pop our three lovable uh, gentlemen: Ivan, um, Mark, and Kovacs. Yes, and um, I gotta say, the character Mark—I'm oh, no, sorry, Kovacs. Yeah. The character Kovacs, played by Logan Miller. He totally reminds me of um, on American Dad, uh, Haley, the daughter, her, her, her boyfriend or her husband. I forget oh, his name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We just yeah. Started, we actually we just started rewatching totally, Modern Family. He's like the live action <laughs> version. Logan Miller is the live action portrayal of that character. <laughs> the way how he talks, the way how he acts, you know. Yeah. But he's he almost, a, he's a, he almost <laughs> they nicknamed him the Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> right. You almost expect him to say, yeah, I'm out here getting away from Haley and her dad that works for the CIA. <laughs> but that aside, so we're introduced to the three characters. Uh, Ivan, played by Austin Swift. Kovacs, played by Logan Miller. And Mark, played by Kean Johnson. And, and you know, again, 
at first you think these dudes are up to no good. They do come off as very personable, though. I mean, yeah. they are trying. They do admit, yeah, okay, it was wrong. We threw the milkshake out. It was a dick move. But, you know, let's make it up to you. We got some beer. We got uh, What kind of beer was it, my boy? Oh, it was the grand. It was the granddaddy of terrible beers. Oh, shut the fuck up! You shut your (laughs) dirty, dirty whore mouth. (laughs) Yep. PBR American classic. Shut the hell up. uh, Okay, no communist. Nothing is more more no. Nothing is more American classic than stag beer. Okay. (laughs) Oh, shut up! We're talking good American beer. Oh, PBR is anything but good. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Hey, for the record, I ain't the only one that believes that. Um, I believe Dave Rodriguez and Mark L. Risman. Although I do, although I think Mark Mark loves it. Dave's a You know what, though? I think Mark did come around. He did come around to liking it. But uh, Mark is the one that got got us all hooked on it. And Dave. Really? Considering that he said how awful it was? No, Dave was the one that said how awful it was. No, but even Mark at one point did. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's America's finest crappy beer. Shut up. <laughs> okay. So what? We can't go back to Schlitz or oh, God. Uh, Old Style? I mean, you know. Oh, no, oh, like... oh, oh, God. Old Style is the fucking worst. <laughs> no, I mean, I will agree with you. Old Style is the worst. But I mean, like, there's, you know, at one point, Schlitz was supposed to make a comeback. In fact, it kind of was. Uh, yeah. Well, PBR was cool until the hipsters started drinking it. And then PBR yeah, went up in price. Yeah, that's true. All right. once, the hips, once the hipsters started drinking PBR, I think that's what did it, did it yeah. in for them. <laughs> and PBR should have gotten on their PR ad campaign and said, well, we are not, we are not endorsing hipsters drinking our beer. Well, you know, with, you know, PBR started going hardcore with, they, they made some hardcore, like, uh, they made, they're, they're going, getting into like, uh, ciders and sparkling stuff. And they were doing, yeah. they did a coffee one, which was actually pretty good. And that was like a nine, 8% alcohol by volume. Like, like, Oh mm-hmm. shit. All right, PBR. All right. You, you got my attention. <laughs> yeah. They finally decided we should probably get into the craft. Yeah. craft beer market to once again satiate the hipsters my dude but i've been around since the beginning i don't consider myself a hipster i don't own a hat i own a, no, I, I, I wear baseball caps i know and I, i'm just saying yeah, oh general. yeah i get it i get it <laughs> we have gone down this road so pbr if you're listening we accept we will we will gladly promote your stuff pbr is wonderful chris pbr say one pbr is wonderful <sighs> pbr is not wonderful i i, I can't I, do it I can't oh do boy! So, I will say why, this. This is why I, we don't have sponsors, Chris. <laughs> I will say this: if we ever do get PBR as a sponsor, wow! I will, I will accept them, and I will, and, wow. I, and I will do a live ad read. With, uh, you know, with, I don't, with, I don't think you know how this works, Chris. <laughs> no, no, no. But with the exception that I write the live ad oh. read and, as long as they allow me to say it is a terrible product, please buy it. I will do it, but I. Will. Oh God! Okay, so PBR, I'll read everything you sent me for you know a slice of the pie, <laughs> and I actually do drink your product, and I actually do enjoy it. So, but uh, and Bush Light too. Uh, by the way, Bush Light, if you're listening, I will drink. I drink your product. I will promote that sh- the hell out of your stuff. Anyway, but, but, yeah. Now watch, watch the offers come in. <laughs> yeah, Miller Light, I like your stuff too. Bud Light, you can go get bent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say Bud Light. Who the hell wants to drink that? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I mean I, I'm not even a big beer drinker, but, you know, I do listen to people when they say, you know, Bud Light is this or whatever, or PBR I, I, is I, that. All right, so with the exception, so b- before you get back on track, I will say I have enjoyed Bud Light's commercials over the years. They are pretty funny. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of their beer. However, I have drank drank Bud Light. I prefer yeah. Miller Light. I prefer Bush Light. I prefer uh, PBR. When we're talking domesticated. We're not talking imported beers, and we're not talking craft beers. I'm just saying your normal run-of-the-mill where you can go to almost any gas station, go to any bar, and you know mm-hmm. it's going to be on tap or be in a can or a bottle. You know, it's it's that. I mean, and it's fine. It's fine. I'm like... Uh, however, old style can go suck a right nut. Mm-hmm. I, 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 back in the day when the when the Cubs when the Cubs were had where I was at a Cubs game, and I'm like I'm of drinking age, and we're at a game, you know, and I remember Harry Carey <laughs> promoting the hell out of have an old style beer while you're at the game. I'm like <sighs> I had an old style, and it was a hot summer day. It was like one of, one of those, <laughs> well, that was your first mistake. <laughs> one, one of those, no, one of, but it, but it was a it was a quintessential commercial. But it was a hot day. I was with my 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 uh, my my wife, and I'm like we're gonna have an old style. It's great. I go and I and I don't even know anything about old style. But I take a big fucking gulp. I'm like oh my god! It comes right through my nose. I. Oh. Did you write an angry letter to Harry Carey expressing your uh, oh, outrage Car- over his? Harry Carey was long movement. since passed. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm talking '80s with Harry Harry Carey and Steve Stone before Steve Stone went to the dark side. Went to play. With Come the, on, you were probably drinking. In, you were probably drinking in the late '80s, not of age. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel we need to get this back on track. <laughs> well, wait, real quick, though, real quick though, yeah, that horse show podcast does not endorse underage drinking. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. Well, maybe not now, but maybe in the future. But no, uh, oh, wow. Tim, 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 um, uh, for in as much as you're talking about the love of, of great Americana beers, um, uh-huh. I find it interesting that you have not mentioned Sam Adams Boston Lager. Come on, uh, you know, I, you know, honestly, Sam, Sam Adams is actually is is pretty decent. I, I do like a good Sam Adams every once in a while. I like their October <laughs> beer. I like their uh, their summer beers. Um, yeah, uh, you know, they, they've got some decent stuff. I'm like, yeah, but, so go Boston. <laughs> uh, sure, why not? As long as you're not a Patriots fan, fuck you. <laughs> All right, so we've gotten our beer discussion out of the way. Yes, let's get back. Okay, so you know if you five, skipped these... o- if you've skipped over that, we'll just say up front you didn't miss out on much. <laughs> the, the, these very three fine gentlemen, in an offer to make peace, offered them the king of beers, PBR. <laughs> Debatable, but anyways, yes, they <laughs> offer the king of beers. And some wacky tabacky, some jazz cabbage, some, you know, reefer, weed, pot, Mary Jane, whatever you want to call yeah. it. <laughs> and, of course, now everybody's feeling great and everything. Because, you know, at first the girls oh, but, were like – but like, Oh, we should mention the girls were doing shots of Jaeger before they even had the beer. Yeah, so. yeah, but – but the thing though is that these girls were like, I don't know about these guys. They seem like a bunch of fucking losers. And then all of a sudden, once when the once when the PBR and the weed came out, all of a sudden it was like, hey, these guys are pretty cool. Although Alexa still seemed kind of off put. I mean, I honestly, I mean, I I dug Val's, uh, you know, uh, and I dug Beverly's character to really kind of embrace these chuckleheads. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, they're lovable chuckleheads, but they're chuckleheads nonetheless. Uh, but 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 uh, Alex is just kind of like she she's. She was kind of off-putting a little bit. She was hot, but she was a little off-putting. Well, I think that was kind of the tease of her character. Oh, of because, course, of course. Because obviously, you know, again, you know, they're going to rope these guys into something. So, of course, you know, she does have to sort of like have the attitude of, uh, yeah, I don't know about these guys. They yeah. don't seem like they're really that fun. And all of a sudden, you know, hey, wait, come on. We got PBR. We got some we got some weed here. Come on. What do you mean we're not fun? Yeah. You know, Jesus. So, so 
And when she so, does smile, she makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, there is a... Well, yeah, you do get the feeling of, like, mm, something's not quite right about this one. But anyways, yes. but hey, you know, you got you got three chicks, and there's three dudes, and, you know, come on, we're not going to worry about details like that. Let's go check out the show. So they, yeah. they go check out the, the, the heavy metal rock concert, and then once when, they're over, once when the whole thing is over with... Um, the three guys are like, well, hey, you know, since we're all out here, what, what, you know, what else can we do? Let's go to a bar or something. And, and of course, Alexis is like, yeah, okay, a bar, whatever. And he's like, well, you know, what, what have you got to suggest? And then Alexis says, well, well they mentioned the bar. Don't they mention the bars like close early or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, they, yeah they there, there's some that. sort of like, you know, reason, reasoning behind it. But yes. So then Alexis says, well, we could go to my dad's mansion and have fun out there. And, and, Ooh. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and go out there. And who'd say no to that deal? Yeah. Come on, you know, go to your dad's mansion. He's not home for the for the for weekend, the yeah. weekend. Yeah, get to sit back and drink and do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, let's do that. So <laughs> they go. And of course, it's like a big mansion, uh, gated. So total privacy huge problem it's not a mansion it's a villa <laughs> oh it's a villa <laughs> I can't. it's a th- it's a callback to our previous episode oh, okay <laughs> but you know what though yeah it's a vi- it's a it's a giant mansion <laughs> surrounded by property so i guess it would be a villa i, I guess you know when you hear statements like that it's like okay what is it gonna mansion or villa are you trying to be fancy or are you trying to be uh, <laughs> they just try to downplay it, but go, go on. Yeah, it's a big house. It's a mansion. Fine. It's, yeah, it's Indiana. It's, There's no villas. <laughs> There's no villas in Indiana. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> only in like Italy. But anyways, uh, so they go there and 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 you know the guys are impressed and mm-hmm. of course there's a there's a bar and there's liquor and let's mm-hmm. let's go so they so they go out in the backyard and they're all drinking and the fire pit. Yep. Fire pit. Of course. Um, um, I think it's the Mark character that kind of is having the uh, hots for uh, Beverly. So uh, no, I, I think Mark isn't Mark. Uh, uh, yes, Mark. Yeah, Mark is for Beverly. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, Val, yeah. Val and Kovacs certainly have kind of like this kind of quasi connection. Yeah, and Ivan and Alexis are putting up with each other. So uh, yeah, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they don't like each other. They're... Now you know again. Now this is the setup. It's like okay, so these. These characters come together. There, we suspect that something is up with the dudes. Mm-hmm. Although, like I said, there, even though, so okay, even though Ivan is uh, um, again bold like um, Alexis, and um, Kovacs is the young stoner, mm-hmm. and Ark is like. Sort of, I guess you could say, sort of the semi-mature one. Like he's yeah. a little more, slightly a little more level-headed in terms right. of his yeah. and attitude and idealistic. Marcus, yes, yeah. idealistic too, because he's the one that wants to go out to California and make and a name for himself, away yeah. from get, get basically get a Indiana. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're all drinking, and then they play this game. Tim, what was it again? It was like never I, have I ever. Yeah, never have I ever. So someone would say something, and so like if they say, "Never have I ever been arrested." And then you, and then if you have, you take a. Drink. You raise your hand, and you take it. You, know, you take a drink. Oh no, I'm sorry. You take a drink, and then you, of course, you tell them what you've been arrested for and shit like that. Wow. So they're talking about things like that, and you know, and then suddenly, I think I forget who it was. I think maybe it was. I, yeah, it probably was Alex. Yeah. She says, never have I, I ever, never, uh, she says, she says the one thing in this movie that literally like made me go, okay, what? She goes, 
never have I ever put something in someone's drink. drink. Right. And, and then and then what happens to she, him? She takes a drink. Uh-huh. And then everybody's like and then uh, then immediately Ivan goes, "Really you?" And she goes, uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, Ivan starts to put together faster than uh, Kovacs. Now, Mark, I believe, Mark, doesn't he start to feel kind of iffy pretty quick? Yeah, He's the first he, one, right? Yeah, he, he kind of, like, just, like, he doesn't collapse, but yeah. he sort of just, like... He, he takes, gets like, up the, and, like, to get some fresh air to, to try yeah, to, like, and then clear he's his like, head. And then he sits down and lays back down. on the grass, right. and then he's, like, pretty much out cold. Right. And so, then uh, Kovacs is, like, you know... Although, because he's so stoned out most of the time, you yeah. know, you'd never think it was anything in right. his drink that put him out. But right, yeah, not yeah. His tolerance was I, honestly for I, for being a big guy. I even that would t- that takes a lot to bring that dude down. I mean, th- that guy was the biggest guy, you know. Right. I mean, he looks like a, like a, a offensive lineman, you know. Right, uh, right. So, so all three of the guys end up being knocked out mm-hmm. by whatever it was they put in their drink, and then they wake up and. They're tied. The three guys are all tied up. They're they're stripped down to their to their underwear. Skivvies, I yes. Or yes. Skivvies or their pants, so just yes. whatever. And they're all tied up, and suddenly they wake they wake up to see satanic symbols painted in this room. And right. then and then it's the three girls. Now, Tim, explain what these three girls are doing because it's very interesting. These girls are led by Alexis, obviously, um, and they're they they, they, they drop they, they throw water at them to try to you know wake them up because they're ready to you know do their thing, uh, mm-hmm. and so the, bo- the 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 boys wake up the guys wake up and they look around and obviously they're freaked, as one would be, <laughs> uh, being tied to a chair in your underwear. No, it's completely normal, Tim. Come on. Yeah, it's just, that's a normal <laughs> Thursday night. Shit. <laughs> Uh, hump day. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, and they're, and they're, they're freaked out and they're, and they're looking at Alexa. She's like, well, so ju- nice of you guys to have joined us. You know, now your life has purpose. And they're like, what the fuck? Alexis is going on ranting and raving and doing her thing. And uh, Ivan's like, you're full of shit. You're, you're, you're a coward. Basically he's, he's the, the backbone of the trio. <laughs> and yes. basically, uh, Mark is telling him to shut the fuck up, and Kovacs is saying, just be cool, man. But no, no, Ivan keeps running his mouth and pissing off Alexis. And Alexis, you know, makes the first move, and she just, well, what does she do, Chris? She stabs him in the throat. Yeah, right in the fucking side of the neck, and like a pig, and he just slowly now, bleeds got... out. Or quickly bleeds now, out. Now, we got to mention, though, we got to mention, though, um, just... Like why these girls are doing this? So basically, oh yes. At yes. first, at, at at first, you see the satanic symbols, and the girls are practicing. You know, they're they're going to sacrifice these guys. So automatically, it's like okay, so they're the satanists that they were talking about on the but they're not, on the news. But they're not really satanists. Yes, they, they are the what is it? Tim? Go ahead. They, yeah. uh, they are the daughters of the dawn. The church, uh, they're a church uh, cult. Daughters of the Dawn, and so these, so these group of girls, uh, uh, along with many other group of girls around the United States, uh, find these men as um, these these victims and sacrifice them, and they make it look like the uh, the uh, a, a satanic ritual, which it's mm-hmm. not. Satan has nothing to do with this. This is a whole a whole new like religious 
right wing weirdos. Uh, I, I, well, I don't know about right wing. Well, maybe not right wing. Maybe, but but definitely off the tracks, off the beaten path. These guys, yeah. have an agenda all their own, and they're they're, agen- they're basically trying to convert people to God by using the concept of Satanism to scare people yeah. into getting more followers. Right. So, which, which yes. really really seems like an ex- not only an extreme thing to do to get more followers, but it's like it sounds so completely off the wall. <laughs> right. So, I mean, basically, like, so basically what they're, what they're doing is they're creating this fear that's not there mm-hmm. to get people to, to give money to the, the the pastor by played by Johnny Knoxville. I forget what, what is Johnny Knoxville's character. His name is John uh, Henry Butler, played by Johnny Knoxville, which so, we'll, which we'll get to his yeah, character later because yeah. he doesn't show up until right. like the last half of the movie. Right, he he, but, he, just, he just appeared on a TV in, in the in the yeah. in the gas station or whatever the convenience store. But the point is, so these 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 group of girls will, around the United States will kill. Every uh, every week, so, so, one week it'll be these three girls or this group of girls in like let's say Texas, and the next week it'll be these group of girls in Maine, then New York, then blah blah blah, and, they, and this happens to be their week. <laughs> and <clears throat> what happens is they're trying to you know force uh, America basically into giving money and giving support and in, in, to uh, the the good reverend. Yeah, who happens to be a combination of like. Pat Robertson slash Joel Steen slash any uh, kind of I would say a little more akin, or extreme. Well, no, I would say a little more akin to uh, any televangelist. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a big Pat Robertson admirer, but right. <laughs> but uh, I don't think Pat Robertson would go to the, to this. Type well, of, I, I'd <laughs> say I'd say Billy Graham too, like a dark a, a darker version a darker of version, version yeah, of Billy Graham version. of uh, yeah. and like like imagine if Billy Graham decided one day I'm just gonna like go dark side recruit, for the religion, yeah, like, for like Jesus. I'm gonna I'm gonna recruit people to spread the word of God by basically disguising themselves as Satanists and killing people. Chris, I'm not going to lie. It's a novel approach. (laughs) It is is a novel approach. I I just, don't get me wrong. This is is what I mean when I say complete 180 because the idea of it is you think it's about these Satanists and then suddenly it turns out, well, they're not really Satanists. They're just lying about that. They're just, they're, they're really a member of this, of this um, Christian church group that has came up with this crazy ass idea. They're that, good Christian uh, weirdos. Yeah, we're, instead of us just going door to door and saying, you know, let me tell you about our Lord, our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. They decided to just disguise themselves as uh, satanic worshipers, satanic worshipers. We're going to murder you. In in other words, they're cosplaying Satan. I mean, exactly. But you know what? Don't you think what the greatest trick is? Don't you think Satan's laughing his ass off? Like, hey, all right. Yeah, yeah. This is cool. I can't believe these people. They are actually going to have to use my image to get get people to convert to their side. Yeah. 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 I'm like, it's a little bass backwards in thinking, but it's all for profit. It's all for profit. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is. Yeah, as we find out later on, yeah, it's all for profit. But so, anyways, so that's that's the intent mm-hmm. of this whole thing. And of course, they, as you mentioned, they kill Ivan because he pretty much reveals right off the bat that he is neither a Satan, he is neither a Satanist nor is he much of a much of a yeah. of a 
I'm a god lover. Yeah, he he's more of an anyone. atheist. He, he doesn't yeah, care, yeah, you know. He doesn't care about any of those things. And then, of course, he's like he's like you said, he shoots his mouth off. And then, of course, Alexis... well, because because he hits the truth, he he he, he hits a nerve. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, yeah, he hits a nerve, and then eventually she hits his nerve. <laughs> yeah, she hits his nerve. Yeah. She, so so then, after they kill him, they they I guess. Does, I think it was, was it Beverly that uh, leaves the room for a moment because she just yeah, she, had she, to step out or whatever? Right, right. She, she Because they were going to go right after, I believe, Little Drummer Boy or, or yeah. Mark. And she's like, no, no, wait, wait, I just, I need to speak to you for a second, Beverly. Uh, 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 what's not Beverly. Beverly's saying that to uh, Alexis. Alexis. And then she they, she gets her, they, they, the tree, she gets the trio away. She gets the other two girls away from the other two guys. They give them... You know, I guess time to escape, but she doesn't know that at the time. But she's just trying to give them buying time, for, basically. You know, trying to buy time. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, you know, I, well, I want to be the one that kills Mark. I, you know, you want me to do this? You want me to be a part of the Daughters of the Dawn? You know, let me let me do that. And then she's like, well, okay, but you have to do off both of them. First, you have to off uh, Little Drummer Boy, and then I want you to sneak up behind Mark and then hit him right in the heart, basically. Right. I mean, she really vindictive, like blood curdling like holy shit like okay and you're meantime, fucking evil <laughs> and in the meantime while alexis is giving uh the, the newbie beverly uh pointers you know, pointers yeah <laughs> no pun intended um, um mark and kovacs are like pretty much breaking themselves free uh, i gotta you're, say using, i guess using girl... using using mark's jacket he's like hey can you get to my jacket because there's spikes on there and try to yeah yeah ropes. yeah it was kind of an inventive idea for yeah. them to escape so they managed to get out and then does Co- does Kovacs get stabbed? I think he does. Kovacs, he... Get, Kovacs. So so once they get free, he gets sliced in like the left or left arm. I want to say, and he starts to bleed out. He, he he's bleeding. He's bleeding bad. So they and the two of them end up in like this, the pantry, like the pantry. Well, off, I, off the I guess kitchen, pantry, yeah. yeah, pantry slash wine cellar because there's a bunch <laughs> of wine in there too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so they they're locked in there. So right. it's like this like cat and mouse approach where right. Kovacs and cat Kovacs and, and uh, Mark are in this room. They've locked themselves in there, mm-hmm. barricaded themselves in there while, um, Val and Alexis had to figure a way to get her out. They send, um, Be- Beverly to go get something in the, um, what was it again? In the, in, in, in the, the shed. The shed. The shed. Yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe like get some, uh, get it, something that could open the door. Right. To, to, and, bear, to and, block, break down the door. Yeah. Yeah, and I find it interesting that that um, Beverly spends most of the time in that shed because right. she's just looking around trying to find something. Right. Well, <laughs> and here's the thing: is and the reason why they sent her to the shed, I believe, is to also kind of get rid of her because they, they, they there's like growing dissension. The thing that Beverly's not in this. Uh, they're not. She's not with them. They're, they mm-hmm. they don't believe that her her commitment to the Daughters of the Dawn uh, project. <laughs> so to speak yeah now in the meantime just when you think it couldn't get any crazier all of a sudden uh susan the i believe she's the stepmother the the stepmother the stepmother pulls up (laughs) for yeah the stepmother of alexis pulls up and by the way the stepmother has already gone through divorce proceedings with the father the the pastor the good good pastor yeah the good the good reverend now she shows up and She's just there. She says, oh, "I forgot my passport and everything." Yeah. And then, so then, and then she goes up to her room. <laughs> yeah. And what does she grab she, from she, there? She, Tim? She, she goes out. The, she goes into the safe, into the into the closet in her bedroom, and she opens the safe. And yes, there's a passport, and there's hundreds of thousands of, or hundreds of 
hundreds of dollar bills lying around. And, like, and, yeah. And, and, but there's also Coke. <laughs> yep. Gotta get some of that nose candy. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. And but, I love it too. It's it's so classic. Yeah. It's like you see a shot of her snorting it underneath the glass table. Right. Very eighties with a hundred dollar yeah, bill. Using a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> but what I love about that is uh the blonde is it a Beverly? Not Beverly. It's Alexis. Not Alexis. Who's the other one? Uh, Val. Val. Val goes. Hey, Alexis. Did you notice your stepmom with all our coke boogers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, then, and then, and then, not thirty seconds later, you see her doing coke. <laughs> right, right. And then, so, so, the, so the mother, so the stepmother Susan is about to leave. Right. And then she politely informs. Yeah. Um, she, big reveal. Big reveal. She finally informs Alexis that, uh, oh, by the way, I called the police. And they're like, uh, why? Goes, well, I saw the lights on, and I figured somebody was breaking into our house. I didn't know you were going to be over Yeah, I saw, and I saw a van off in the distance so on our property, so I called the police. And then she, she's about to make a clean getaway. She's about to, you know, leave the house. But she gets kind of gets into an argument with, uh, with Alexis, you know, and she starts walking around the house, and she walks into the sunroom where – where did she discover? She discovers um, um, Ivan's dead body in the room, as well as a satanic, uh, you know, symbols, symbols and, and, painted on the, in the room. I, and, and what's interesting, though, too, is I, as I vaguely remember watching this, when she opens the door to the room, she sees they, it cuts to the shots of the satanic symbols that she sees. But when she looks down and sees Ivan, I don't believe there was a, a close-up shot of Ivan's dead body. I think it was just off-screen. Yeah. I, and I thought that was very, I thought that was very unusual, considering that you know you would think you'd see that. But then again, we know that Ivan is dead in that room. So yeah. Yeah. I guess that, that, there, there, that there, there, there's a wide shot of of a body slumped over in a chair. Yeah. That we presume is that is the Ivan character, and then right. then we cut a close up to her, and then she turns around, and she goes, "What the fuck is this?" You know, Alexis, and Alexis, what? Boom, stabs the stepmother, kills the stepmother in the right. sunroom, and then Val's all panicking, like, "Why did you do that?" And everything, it's like, "Well, she it had to be done or whatever." <laughs> so uh, then later on, the police show up, and, <laughs> and, and I love this. Okay, now. I love this, and it feels it, nothing against the actor in this movie. He's right. all right, but right. this totally felt like it could have been set up. It, it could have been a setup for a porno. I don't know what it was. It's, <laughs> it was this, his mustache. His mustache. <laughs> yeah, no, was, his name is Sheriff Dembrowski. He shows up. He's the only. He's like. He's the sheriff, and he's like the only one in this in this police car. And he's like the only law again. It's like the only law enforcement so, in this area. Right. And when he's talking to um, Alexis, it just feels so. It feels so ridiculous. I think this is the one part of the movie where it just feels like it gets ridiculous. Right. He's like, well, <laughs> yeah. He's questioning her, and she's giving him attitude, and he's, you know, and like, he's like, well, where's your life? So it's inside, you know. This is ah, right, right yeah. there, and it feels like okay. This totally feels like it's going in the porno category. Right. She's like, she's like, I'm, I'm gonna leave. You know, it was just a misunderstanding. My mom, my stepmom, you know, came out of town. She forgot. She totally spazzed out and forgot that I was gonna be here this weekend with my friends and. She didn't know you, you all going through all the you know normal like lies you know basically yeah. to, to try to get this cop to go away, and then she ends up just running inside the house and he. I know, up. yeah. Now he here, says, now, now here, now here, but, but, you know, but real on. quick, he says, "Can I see your license?" And she goes, "Uh, yeah, it's in the house." And he goes, "Well, can you get it for me?" And there's like this brief pause, like she's like trying to figure out what she should do, and she goes, "You know what? No, 
You can leave I'll now. Show go you anything. Go away. And, and she quickly runs into the house, and the police, and then the sheriff is like, "Hey, wait a minute! You come back here." <laughs> right. So now, here, here, now here, here's my thing. There's, there's no sheriff's car. I mean, there, he's not riding with a partner. Usually, usually cops. I want to say usually, usually. I'm not saying all the time, but usually ride with a partner, especially if they're called to a, um, a house. Yeah. But uh, especially if there's a break-in, you always want to have a couple. You know, in my opinion. Now this is where it kind of goes. Even if they're even even if he's by himself, does he radio for backup? Absolutely nope. not. Does he make okay. a call on the dispatch? No. no. I mean, the, this is just to me. This is just, and I'm and I'm not. I don't know all the you know protocol and procedures, but it seems like one would make a phone call. I know it's a horror movie. I know it's a slasher movie, but still, one should make a, at least an attempt to reach, reach dispatch and to reach, you know, another officer. Yeah, get your dispatcher on the line and tell yeah. them I need backup. But, yeah. then, but then again, I can I can kind of see why they didn't do that because they, they it's basically just him trying to figure out who this person is. Right, right. So, and, and, and now... Once he finds the dead bodies in there, you yeah. think that would be when he right. would say, yeah. "All right, get get the dispatcher yeah, on the but line." Again, this is before he bites it, though. So yeah, so even if he's not outside the house, even if he goes, in, but he, once he discovers the stepmom in the in in the in the, in the, in the uh, death, and he's walking around and he's got a gun, he's like, "Come out with your hands up!" Blah blah blah. I mean, I know he didn't have a radio. On. He should have had a radio on it. I mean, this is the '80s. You still have a radio. You could still radio, or at least make an attempt to get back out to the car. To, like, oh shit, I gotta go radio someone. I gotta go yeah, get yeah. backup. Make some sort of fucking attempt to do some sort of procedural cop shit. You know, like <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway. but, but of course, what he does is he decides to um, um, once with well, there's a moment in the film too. We we forgot to mention. There's a moment where um, um, Val and Alexis try to um utilize like hairspray and burn a hole into the door and then i think they tried like what was that no, chemical no they, 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 were, they were they were burning underneath they, they were trying to get the fire underneath to to yeah uh, do okay, something yeah. Uh, more aquanet more like some sort of flame thing i don't know yeah it was like taking a lighter with the hey, aerosol spray can and doing it yeah hey, I, hey chris it, one second let me put i'm gonna put this recording on pause i have to get a, a power charger for my my computer yeah, before it dies one sure. second Okay. 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 So we're back at in the pantry. They're using the Aquanet. I believe she even mentions to uh, Val that, "Hey, Val, look, you're gonna thank me for this." You know. Right. 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 And they try doing that. And they sort of burn a hole into the door, but it's not enough to make a dent for well, them. Well, they're, it's, they're, they're shooting the flame underneath the door because yes, they try yeah. to smoke. Oh, because they try to smoke them out with. Um, uh, some sort of poison or something like that. Yeah. And they stuck uh, towels underneath the door, and it came back, and that's when the officer came. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so yeah. So yeah, they try to do that, and then while all, and, and then eventually they kill the cop. I, I forget who. I think Val, it was Val shoots Val, him inside the head. Yeah, Val shoots him in the side of the head. So while all this insanity is going on, we cut back to um, to Beverly. She finds. I find it very interesting that this was all hidden inside the in the shed. <laughs> out of, <laughs> Out of all places, but she Convenient. finds. But what? It's like she finds some money in there, and then she, she finds she, like in a tack, some, in, in a tackle box in a fishing boat. She finds like a bunch of. She finds a, like a new bunch of news clippings, and she finds like more like thousands of dollars like in um in the in, in the this tackle box in this boat. 
area. And there was a piece of paper in there involving something. Was it like? Oh, so, yeah. I know. I didn't get a good look at the paper. I tried to even pause it. It's, it was some sort of oh maybe a deed or something to build like shelters or something. Or there was, it was something because she meant, does mention something to uh, Alexis about later on in the film about how your dad is just there. There is no. He's not building anything. He's just pocketing the money, and there is no, uh, yeah. uh, you know, sanctuary that he's building for wayward teens and for other things and all this other stuff. So right, and then so of course, just when um, uh, Val and Alexis are about to try to get these two guys that they have locked up, all of a sudden, and I did laugh when this came up. All of a sudden, Beverly shows up with the uh, motorboat uh, blade, yeah, that thing. And she's going to use it to kill these two because she finally realizes that the, you know, the whole thing involving this, uh, this uh, pastor is a, is a scam, like you said. Right, and right, this right. This is just some crazy ass excuse to get more money. So, and then of course the 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 two guys, um, um, uh, Kovacs and, uh, and Mark, Mark, try to get out. Try to get out, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then and then oh god, what else? Something I'm trying to remember what else happens because so much happened at this moment in the movie. Yeah, they're, they're, okay. Um, so, so, so Kovacs is bleeding out, and he's, ra- he's yeah. got like a, a, I think a cord wrapped around his arm to stop him from bleeding. They had broken wine bottles trying to fight before the cop came in uh, and, and and messed everything up. <laughs> um, now Val, Val is on, uh, not Val. Uh, Beverly is on the boys' side, and she's uh, basically having a standoff against uh, Beverly and. Um, Val, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not. Beverly is having a standoff against Val and Alexis. Sorry. Yes. And yes. Uh, with the with the motorboat blade, and they're trying to make it out. Um, and I think the power goes off or something like that. There's some sort of black blackout or something happens, right? Or yeah, no. Um, so what happens is is that um, um, Alexis turns the power off. Basically. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then and then. Um, Beverly and Mark are going to try to find a way to like stop them. Right. And then Kovacs manages to stumble his way outside where upon yeah. none other than the eminent pastor, John Henry Butler played by Johnny Knoxville. Yes. Who, this is the one time in the movie where we actually get to see him in right. full. And by the way, I didn't even know it was him. I thought this was some other actor. I oh, mean, really? <laughs> no, really. Cause when I was watching him, because he looks so different, right? And also, you know, Johnny Knoxville. The, the, I'll do respect to him. It's kind of interesting to see how he went from jackass to being being like an actor in movies. So, <laughs> so I yeah. Mean, so, but he's he doesn't get to do much in this movie, which no. I found kind of disappointing because considering that his character is the um, one responsible for setting this whole thing up, right? Because he's like only there, he's like only in the movie, like literally the last half of the movie. If if he spent two days on this set, it was all that was all we needed, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe a day. Maybe. But so, anyways, the the pastor sees Kovacs and he tells him to calm down. I'm going to get some help. I have a car. I, I have a I have a go down nine one one. I have a car phone, and then he yeah. so Kovacs gives him the gun and he and he goes, Hey, don't I know you? And he's like, and then he shoots him. <laughs> yep, he shoots Kovacs. It's, although Kovacs is hard to die in this movie. Oh yeah, he's hard on, to kill. <laughs> yeah, because later on he stumbles back inside the house to, to and warn. He, uh, and, he, and he tries to warn Alexis and no, I'm sorry, he tries to warn Beverly, Beverly and Mark. But say please he save, dies. Please, yeah, please, please save Mark, and then he kind of bleeds out on the the 
I guess the foyer or the front of the house or the inside inside right, that right. door. But anyways, door. um, but then what also happens is that, um, uh, Beverly and Mark are attacked by Val and they take her aqua. What was uh, it again? Called? Oh, so yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The uh, so they're fighting, uh, in the basement. It was between Beverly and um, Val. Val. Yeah. And so, as we know throughout the throughout the movie, Val is constantly spraying her hair full of this Aquanet, you know, which is a very flammable hairspray. And they're in the, <laughs> they're fighting. They're having this big old cat fight, and they're just going back and forth. And finally, uh, uh, Beverly reaches over, grabs a lighter. And lights her hair on fire, <laughs> and she just kind of runs off in the distance. Now that is the last we see of Val. Yeah, we never see her. We don't see her dead body. We don't yeah. see any of that. I mean, we just assume she just kind of went up like a Roman candle. <laughs> so then, um, there's a moment where John Henry Butler confronts Alexis and pretty much tells her that in her she's bedroom. Up. Yeah, yeah, in her bedroom like, that she that she fucked up. That yeah, now we have a dead cop and and you know, my, my 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 uh, my stepwife or my step. Uh, uh, his, his ex is dead. Yeah, his ex-wife. He's like, he's, we're gonna clean this up, but this requires a lot of sacrifice on your part. <laughs> yeah, which basically means he wants her to sacrifice herself as right. being the one responsible. So, yeah, because so. and then he throws her into like the side of the wall and starts choking her out. Right, and, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, Beverly comes Beverly in. Beverly shows up with that um, like a, a motorboat mower or a yeah, motorboat and instead, uh, blade, and instead, of, and instead of taking the blade to. The Reverend's uh, throat. She takes the motor end of it just and knocks, knocks him out. Just knocks Cold him out. Cold cocks him. Yeah. Right. Right. And then, and then, despite saving uh, Alexis's life, Alexis decides to try to kill her. Well, no, no. First, no, first, no, Alexis. No, first, Alexis. Like, I was tricked. I was brainwashed. Basically, everything that um, Beverly was telling Alexis earlier. She's trying to, you know, get in good graces with Beverly, so Beverly doesn't kill her. Maybe Alexis wants to kill her, but she wants to. Put, she does. She doesn't have the upper hand at the moment. So, yeah. E- either way, um, so then there's a there's a scuffle. Yeah, between the a two scuffle or a kerfuffle, whichever one you want to yeah, say. Right. And right. then and then it, it all ends with um, uh, Beverly uh, pushing Alexis out of the window and she falls to her death. Right. Well, sort of because then once when <laughs> once when Beverly and Mark get inside the. Um, the jeep and they're driving towards the main gate suddenly they see uh alexis standing in front of them and they decide to pretty much run her straight over (laughs) which you know honestly after you get thrown out of a you know top story window i think she's how is she even standing she's got broken legs broken arms i'm like come on She's dead. <laughs> hey, you know what, Tim? God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> so yeah, so, they so, mow her now, down. Yeah. Now this is the part of the movie where I, I felt the ending was pretty pretty weak because I and I'll, I'll explain why. So basically, it ends with after this entire massacre has occurred, the police show up the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the John Henry Butler character is alive. Yeah, I thought goes, I thought I thought that was a cop, but I wanted him. To be yeah, dead. yeah. He goes on TV and announces that his daughter got in, or was killed by got involved with the wrong people, and she was killed by these Satanists. Yeah, and and now and even though they don't name, um, uh, Beverly and uh, Mark as the as the quote unquote satanic accomplished, right. you know, Satanists. Right. He does mention that the the Satanists are still out there at large. Which. You know, I, I, honestly, that is an ingenious 
on role on his part. He goes, basically, he was telling the audience and telling the news crew that even someone as devout as he is to the cause and to you know spearheading these Satanists, that even his own daughter was vulnerable and he was the victim, basically. Yeah. And right. she was a victim. I'm like, oh, so the money keeps keeps rolling in for this guy, you know? Right, right, right. But the reason why I'm disappointed with this ending is because it, it ends with Beverly and Mark going to the gas station from the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And she's buying, like, first aid stuff. Band-aids and, and you know. Band-aids yeah. and stuff. And the old guy has watched the news. Obviously, they, he doesn't know it's her. Although, as you said before we started, you'd think for a moment there that you you were thinking that maybe they were going to flash her face across the TV yeah, screen, right? You know? But um, so then she takes this, she takes the first aid supplies, goes back into the jeep of Alexis's character. Mm-hmm. So you'd think they ditched that, so they wouldn't be involved. People wouldn't think they would be involved with it because there would probably be an APB out on a stolen vehicle <laughs> as well, or a PBR, and, or, yeah, or a PBR. <laughs> and they're just gonna drive away. And I was thinking to myself, this this is like reminiscent of like those seventies uh, road chase movies, like Moving Violation, where like the the main characters witness a murder, and then throughout the entire movie, they're accused of being the murderers. And they're being chased by the law, and it's like, so is this the direction where the movie's kind of going for an ending? Is there going to be, they're going to become outlaws? Uh, a reverse so, natural born killers? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> now, granted, they don't name them. Right. It, the, the Reverend doesn't name them as being the people responsible for it, but he does say, I believe they, they do say the Satanists are still at large, and they're driving the Jeep of... That was owned by Alexis. That, that that I don't recall, but yeah, in my opinion, and then when they cut to the Jeep of Alexis's Jeep, there's blood and there's hair. There's there's yeah, a lot of evidence and a lot of DNA you know, on this. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe you should ditch that Jeep very quickly so I, that no one would think it was you. I, I would hope within the, if there was an, ex, an extra ten minutes or five minutes that you would find them ditching the car and possibly picking. Because, I mean, these guys, not the van, because the van, they, they mentioned that they slashed the van's tires. But as you noticed, I didn't see the van's sli- uh, tires slashed. They, yeah. They could have easily gotten it. But my, my thing is, maybe they couldn't get to Ivan's keys, in, you know, back in the house. Or they didn't want yeah, to yeah, the yeah. But I just find that interesting. Either that, way, yeah. But, I mean, I, I mean, like, I find that thing rather disappointing. I, I would have rather it been like they called, like, the Reverend was killed and they called the cut. Now... You know, they could look at it if you wanted to look at it, if it as an actual incident or, or change the story. You know, the police probably would have wouldn't have believed these two being, mm-hmm. you know, the being the innocent ones, considering, you know, they're dressed up in heavy metal rock garb and shit. And, right. You know, and they killed a prominent preacher and his daughter and, and the wife and all that shit. But but still, I just found the ending of this one very, very disappointing and somewhat unsatisfactory i mean the rest of the movie is great but i mean like i was just like uh uh, there's something about this ending it doesn't really quite fit i don't know why but i just feel like it's i feel like it just ends on a rather non-positive note i mean (laughs) i mean even for this type of movie you know i mean there's the final girl and the final guy i mean you know yeah um, and but they again, are. it's like, are they going to be on the run now? Because you know the you yeah, know? It, it, it's 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 very open ended. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess at this point, Chris, uh, we've pretty much kind of 
hit all the we, we've covered it in great detail is there uh, final thoughts thumbs up thumbs down yeah i still give this movie a thumbs up i mean despite my okay. disapproval of the ending but i mean i still i still <laughs> the last three minutes yeah <laughs> right right but i still recommend this movie i still think it's it's worth checking out yeah uh i m- myself i give it a thumbs up i i, I enjoyed it um, I, the ending is a little questionable in my opinion, but not enough to, not as much as obviously as, as for you, but yes. Uh, so two thumbs up for, uh, uh, oh my God, <laughs> two thumbs up for We Summon the Darkness. I was going to say Satanic Panic, but yes, We Summon the Darkness. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we get into our fun facts? No, I think that's about it. I mean, I like I said, I recommend this movie, and I you know I, I do urge everybody to give this a, give this movie a look see. Oh right, yeah, me too. Uh, you know, honestly, I I recommend I honestly I recommend both these films. Satanic Panic for mostly a like a late a lighthearted like you know rainy night or you know just you're looking for something fun to do and it had a very um evil deadish kind of like fun to it uh this one is a little more darker in my opinion yeah it had, uh, it... yeah go on. i'm sorry yeah so yeah no i agree with you yeah, yeah and, and this one is a, a little bit more um dramatic and more darker um than satanic panic but both i give thumbs up to both i highly recommend you guys check out uh i believe they're on it's to be in streaming services uh, wide, or you can probably even find it on YouTube. I'm not really sure. But I do have five fun facts for this film. Uh, uh, number one, the parking lot scene was inspired by a documentary short, Heavy Metal... I'm sorry. Number one, the parking lot scene was inspired by the documentary short, Heavy Metal Parking Lot, from 1986, about a heavy metal fans outside a Judas Priest concert. So that was <laughs> so very, you know, very uh, interesting there. Um... Number two, the scene at the fire pit was originally scripted to take place inside the living room of the house. This was changed when they discovered there was a fire pit at the filming location. <laughs> so, oh, no, that's... Hey, take advantage of it, yeah, folks. <laughs> yeah, they did a pivot. All right. Uh, number three, the pantry door in the kitchen actually led to the basement stairs. The inside of the pantry was shot on a set in a separate location, <laughs> which was interesting. Um, number uh, four, <clears throat> in the concert scene, the song... Black Funeral by Merciful Fate is being played, but the lead singer and the band members do not resemble the real band. So, uh, <laughs> they got the rights to the music, but not the band. Uh, and finally, number five, the stunt woman who goes out the second story window was paid $1,000 each time she did it. She only did it twice. <laughs> anyway. Hey, two grand? Yeah, Come on. for throwing yourself outside a window? Sure, why not? Except <laughs> for a second story. Uh, so with that being said, I think we can put we uh, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> so with that being said, I think we can uh, put some, we some of the darkness to rest. So thank you for listening to this month's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we return next month with another fantastic episode. So be sure to tune in to next month for an immediate direct podcast episode sequel called "That Crazy Cult Episode Part Two: The Devil Made Me Do It," where we review. Crypt of Dark Secrets from 1976 and Mardi Gras Massacre from 1978. Now, Mardi Gras Massacre can currently be found on the streaming service Tubi, while Crypt of Dark Secrets can currently be found on YouTube. So please. Although, if oh, yes. you are willing to, if you are a physical media guy, Severn Films has released Crypt of Dark Secrets and Mardi Gras Massacre on Blu-ray. So Ooh. you. Know, 
have that option too if you want to spend the money to own them. Yeah, I know I did, but you know, yes, that's me. So. Right. So if you're inclined, please join us and take a look at these two films from the '70s and follow along with us for our next episode. And as always, if you want to drop us a line, you can at that horror show podcast at gmail.com or send us a private message through our Facebook page. So for Chris Koenig, I'm Tim Kaza. Thank you for joining us this month. We hope you'll join us again next month. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to That Horror Show Podcast. Season 8. Have a good night.